Hey everybody, welcome to the Bang Boardcast, episode number 252. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out March 18th, 2015. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're bringing you the first batch of the Bag and Board March Madness Brackets. This is where Paul starts foaming at the mouth. Oh, because so every, good. every year we pick uh, the top writers or newest writers, as we've uh, deemed fit, from Marvel against each other, and then the ones from DC against each other, and then uh, we see who comes out on top. And then next week we'll be doing the artists. And this year we're doing it a little different, but we're throwing in some wild cards. We're throwing in some indie writers. Yep. You got to keep it fresh. You got to break that bracket up somehow. We got, uh, we're always we're an evolving podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like five and, years in, we we still find things to change and do. Yeah, you know, let's make things a little different. Let's change it up. We always change things up. We even bring you new beer each and every week. And uh, we are bringing you uh, one of uh, Paul and my favorite places to go, <laughs> a Mill Street Brewery out of Toronto. Home of uh, the Vanilla Porter and uh, Snooty Waiters. <laughs> so damn snooty, these waiters. They're kind of dicks. Uh, I went back in 2007, and that was before I think the brewery was really going. And uh, this is the first time I've seen uh, it out in the wild in camp. It just came out recently. Um so this is their vanilla porter, and we can talk about uh, the beer before we talk about our reaction to the actual place. Um, it's a nice nitro beer. I get a little bit vanilla, a little kind of that syrupy vanilla. Yeah. Um, nose kind of smoky, nothing that really gives me that this is a porter. Um, it's not a bad beer. If you're looking for that smooth beer, it's it's a smooth beer. It's a little watery. I didn't want to like shit on it because yeah. I don't like our bad experiences uh, yeah. there. Yeah, we had two actually I, separate bad experiences. Separate bad experiences, and I didn't think when I was there, I didn't think it was anything crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when the next time we all went to Toronto, I said we got to go to Indiel House. I did not yeah. mention Mill Street Brewery at all. Um, but no, it's not. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not anything to go crazy about. Yeah, this is uh. They're in the cobblestone, and later on in the podcast you'll hear about their cobblestone stout. Spoilers. Uh, this is a area inside of the city limits of Toronto where they have blocked off any car traffic. So it's all just foot traffic in order to get people to stop, look at the shops, and actually go to into the stores and kind of try to develop a more European-style well, atmosphere. And it's also, this is the, this was the mill district, mm-hmm. um, so you have a, kind of those silos and, and shoots and all those kind of crazy older buildings and stuff in that area. Yeah. And, uh, man, some of the, uh, and it seems like they're trying to be more upscale, and sometimes it, I think they kind of shoot themselves in the foot by doing that, because it gets pretentious with you. Like, uh, the one waiter I had at a restaurant there, he tried to explain to us heirloom tomatoes as if we didn't know what heirloom <laughs> tomatoes were. Tomatoes? Maybe that's why, because he called it a tomato. Yeah. I know. I understand an heirloom tomato. No, no. These are different than the regular tomatoes that you get, sir. And I'm like, 
yeah, they're not a they're its own varietal. It's it's harkening back to you know before they're like uh, mass market produced all red and shiny. These are how tomatoes you know they're bumpy, they're lumpy, they're they've got more char- individual characteristics. They're heirloom tomatoes. I understand. Well, I don't know if you've ever had an heirloom tomato, and I'm like. Bitch, I'm, okay. I used to work for Wegmans. I'm like, I know what it I'm is. Like, I am no longer interested in this thing that you want to sell me. I'll just have a water. Thank you. Uh, is that bottled water, sir? Because we don't sell... I will not have a slice of tomato on my BLT. Thank you very much. Uh, sir, we only have bottled water here. You cannot get tap. And I'm like, you. this place sucks. Mm. Pretentious and arrogant. Hated that restaurant. Very much so. And don't really like this beer. <laughs> no, it's not very good. Yeah, Chris, what are you drinking? Hopefully, something not pretentious or arrogant. Um, I'm drinking something that is neither of those, and it's also really good because uh, this is from Lagunitas. This is the brown sugar. Oh, I like the brown sugar. Brown sugar is a delicious, delicious beer. It's delightful. I don't remember the last time I had it, so when I saw it at the store, I grabbed it because hey, why not? Mm-hmm. Oh, I get and this confused with the Sucket. No, it's not the Sucket. Okay. Because the Sucket is the brown sugar substitute. Oh. Okay, that's why I get it confused. Chris, can you des- uh, describe the brown sugar for me? Because I yes. get them confused so much, and that's all I was really doing. The brown, <laughs> okay. the brown sugar is their uh, strong ale. So it's a little bit sweeter. It's got a nice like amber to it. Hmm. A little bit more of a bite to it. It's the really good one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Second's good because it's like a giant bottle for three ninety nine. Um, I mean, I got like this. I bought single bottles today. Oh, nice! Um, but hey, it was like two thirty nine for the bottle, so it's not bad at all. Oh. This stuff's very reasonably priced, as we will discuss when I get to uh, my next one, which is a bomber. Mm. Um, no, brown sugar is something I always enjoy from um, Lagunitas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great beer, nine point nine ABV, but no alcohol burn on it at all. It's Ooh. just really smooth, nice sweetness to it. I I dig it. What's really funny is we just opened our next beer, which is a draft stout, so it's got that nice creamy head. And both Paul and I have like huge mustaches. We got, we we have mustaches because we were bearded men, and we have uh, extra mustache from uh, our. <laughs> I just look it over at Paul. I'm like, what an idiot! And then I like, I feel my lip, and I'm like, oh, I got that I'm too. Like, you're, you're no better than I am. Don't try to be a pretentious waiter, John. Still pretentious. Still, Still pretentious. pretentious. But what else have we got to talk about this week besides pretentious waiters? We got some news, uh, and we're about to talk about some new DC costumes. But before that, I just want to put it out there: we finally got an image of. Oh, you threw me off, Paul. <laughs> of uh, um, Kavanaugh, who plays um, Harrison Wells on The Flash, in the Reverse Flash costume. Mm. Um, looking pretty badass, still with the eyes lit up nice and red. Um, looking pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking for uh, this and Arrow to come back, because they went away for... Three weeks. Like, the hiatus... And then, like, we got two new episodes of each, and then they disappeared again. And I was like, what? Are they on a break after the break? Um, Has anybody photoshopped 
him and the reverse flash costume holding cake and showing up at Zach Braff's place saying, I killed your mom. No. No. Because he played, because that's what he did in Scrubs. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember that. I haven't watched Scrubs in a long time. But you were Mr. Scrubs. You loved it. He's Zach Braff's brother in Scrubs. He wasn't. Yeah, he was like the crazy fun brother. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah, sitting in a tub full of that ice. That was weird. Yeah. All right, but keeps his beer cold. Do we have uh, any other costume news? Oh, Paul? the costume news. Yeah, of course. We got uh, over at DC the new costumes uh, coming after Convergence, uh, the post-Convergence world. Uh, we're going to get a armored Batman, a uh, back to the blue collar working version of Superman, but no cape. No cape. T-shirt. T-shirt and jeans. jeans. And Connor Kent style. Connor Kent style. Because he's got the short hair. He doesn't have the boots, the big boots like he did in the uh, post, uh, the New 52, like yeah. Action Comics number one. And yeah, buzz cut kind of hair style. Uh, and then a, a armored kind of Wonder Woman, also with weird spikes coming out of her metal gauntlets. Yeah, I don't mind the Wonder Woman costume. Like the like the blade sticking out of the gauntlets is kind of weird, but I like the actual costume itself. And Paul, yeah. you should like this because it looks like she's wearing pants. I, I do like it. It's fine. She is wearing uh, pants or that's at least a, leggings. That's it's a little bit more modest up top too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit more, more covered. She looks a little bit more squeezed in. In the one picture where you see the spikes coming out, like it, it, you can see her rib cage, and it looks like she's definitely pressed. Mm. In she's to place. She's yeah. pressed into place. Which is um okay, you know. Um the Batman suit I'm not like no. it's it's kinda silly. It and is. it and it does have like a bunny look to it. Yeah, it looks like he's a giant moth, maybe. Yeah. Or and then he has this huge like arm can shoulder cannon. It just looks ridiculous. It's just there's no other way to describe it, right? Like yeah, it's kind of silly. It's more than just silly. But those aren't the only new costumes. We also got the first look over... Also, uh, you can find these on uh, comicbookresources.com and also or over at Facebook our page. Our Facebook page. I'm just getting there. That links right. to... Guess what? I was like, why is he talking about that? Why isn't he talking about our stuff? Because it links... <laughs> guess where that's linked to? The Facebook page. No, I know. I know they do. To find the links... Go to our Facebook page. Uh, the Flash costume by Brett Booth. Uh, new Green Arrow costume, which is kind of ridiculous. And uh, Hal Jordan, I'm guessing, as a renegade Green Lantern. Uh, which is uh, Billy Tan's cover for Green Lantern number 41. He's where it has a gauntlet, which Chris knows all about. Yeah, well, this is actually something that popped up in Green Lantern as part of the lights out thing. Uh, that's actually how Krona, the mad guardian started to wield the power of the spectrum. Like before they built the rings, it was like a gauntlet that was fed right into the central power battery. Hmm. And, uh, hell Jordan's going renegade right now. He's got it. He's got a T3 connection to the power battery. He does. He's, he's plugged in directly. Oh man. Better than the DSL lines of those power rings. Yeah, but he uh, in the current issue he doesn't have like the weird hood thing that you were talking about. I haven't seen these yet. I I just got back from vacation and all this stuff happened when I was gone. Yeah, he's wearing a 
big hood, and it's almost reminiscent of uh, him as his, as in the Spectre days. It's very Spectre-y. Um, yeah. I like Billy Tan's art, but man, I do not like the new mullet on Green Arrow. Green Arrow looks, I mean, he's got really thick legs. It's kind of weird looking. I oh, don't, he's an archer. He, oh wait, never mind. <laughs> I don't mind. It makes no sense. I don't mind the Flash costume. It is, I mean, Paul said it's a bit much. It's a bit overdone. Well, it's just the artist. The, yeah. Brett Booth, it just overdoes every, you know. Yeah. I don't need to see every muscle. It's a lot of just, and it's, and it's like lightning bolts just going through yeah. the costume, and they're going through all around him. Uh, I don't mind the look of the Flash one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what we're getting over in um, in the TV series, kind of like with the different textures, mm-hmm. and it definitely looks like it's got different textures going on in that suit. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well, it's a very sketchy cover for Flash number forty-one. Yeah. These are all coming out with uh, issue forty-one apparently, and then. Uh, the Green Arrow, I just yeah. Yeah, you know, Green Arrow looks. I mean, he it's rough. Yeah, it's he looks r- like a guy that's gonna like ask to borrow money from you. <laughs> uh, and you I, know you're I, never gonna get it back. I, I'm I'm sorry, guy. I, I I know I shot you with that arrow, but I, I really need it back. back. I I I only got so many of these, and I don't also, know. Also, while I'm at it, when are you? Can I have your wallet? Can, yeah, you know, you're not. Honestly, they're going to just confiscate it when you get to you know the police station, anyways. So oh, I dropped my phone. I'll I'll take that and hold on to it for you right now, bud. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's the really only news that we had, right? Did you have anything? Um, I really didn't have too much besides the fact that Disney and us are going to be making Frozen too. Because why not cash in more? Oh man, Chris, do you have a fever for Frozen? I do. I haven't seen that yet, but. Uh... They just released the new Cinderella movie, and there's the Frozen Fever short before it. Mm. So, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Mm. Hey, John, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I didn't realize you had one. It's the uh, second highest grossing Disney movie of all time, so they might as well Mm -hmm. try to keep chugging along on that money train. I enjoyed it. I liked the movie. I, I liked it a lot. I'm really hoping they do something else with Big Hero 6, too, which is the yeah. third highest grossing now. I want them to bring back Tangled. Tangled's dead. Oh. She's froze to death. Oh. Long live the Ice Queen. Elsa? Yep. I don't know. I, I'd like more Tangled. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more Tangled. I know they I, had I, Ever I like After, Tangled. but I think they could do something fun. I, I like Tangled more than I uh, like Frozen. No, you don't know if the kid has powers. What if the kid has powers? The kid has powers. Yeah. It could have powers. Magic hair powers. Magic hair powers. You don't know. Boom. Like Samson. But it's weird armpit hair powers. It's <laughs> kind of gross. It's weird. Keep, weird. That's why they keep him up in a tower, because it's all just kind of <laughs> gross. They're like, they keep on cutting his armpit hair, and he just keeps on growing. See? There's a twist. It's a prince that needs to be saved. Mm. Boom. Oh, wait, Disney. He- I, I think, think I, I came think up with Disney. After, it's a twist. <laughs> after uh, last week's episode, we didn't talk about Harrison Ford, right? Crashing? Yeah, yeah. we did. We, we mentioned it briefly when we were talking about uh, Spock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I could remember. Because we talked about the photoshops that I enjoyed at the Millennium Falcon being crashed oh, yeah, yeah, instead right. of his plane. Uh, John, you picked up a PlayStation 4. I did. You right now cannot play uh, Titanfall, right? 
I, that's an Xbox exclusive. I I don't know. Yes. What do you? Well, Rock, it, Respawn announced that the Titanfall <laughs> Two will be multi-platform, and they are working on it. Oh, currently. so hey, how was? The, did I like the first one? You didn't have it. There's it was an Xbox One exclusive and PC. So I didn't play it. It came out on 360 as well, though. It did it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Ask me if I played it. Did you play it? No. Okay. You don't care? I don't care. I'm just talking shit about computers to you, man. That's all. Just figured you might want to know. Don't want to know. All right. Well, are you sad that Uncharted 4 got pushed back? I am a little bit sad about that. But if they're pushing it back to make it greater... Because I think, like, 2 got pushed back quite a bit before it came out. So I don't mind if they're going to push it back and make a better game. I don't yeah, want. You just, got your, you just got your system, so you got a bunch of other stuff to check yeah. out first. I am still playing Far Cry Four. That is a giant game. Nice. I was actually thinking about picking up Far Cry Three again because I was like, man, I really liked that. It's probably cheap now too. Um, I, you can get four for the three sixty. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. Until yeah, I went, until I bought the PlayStation and I bought the game, I was like, "Oh, I could have just got this for my 360." Uh, no. I don't know. I just got the Borderlands uh, pre-sequel season pass, so I can start getting all the DLC for that. So I'm going to check out that stuff oh, first. Nice. And then I have to finish uh, all the Telltale games. I haven't <laughs> finished any of that stuff yet. Hmm. I've got Walking Dead season two, the Game of Thrones one, Tales from the Borderlands to play. So nice. I got some. I got some other. You stuff got a lot going on. Else. I know. Yeah, um, but it's Telltale games, so all you need to do is play one, and then you can play them all. Ayo. Uh, what we didn't talk about was how many beers you had, Chris. Oh, I only have uh, two. Okay, because Paul and I have four. So we're going to do this one. We're going to talk about this one since we're wrapping news up. Yeah. And uh, before we get into the list, and we're drinking the Cobblestone Stout, another one from Mill Street. Um why is it called cobblestone? Is it because it's in the cobblestone district? Just like how I mentioned it earlier, yeah. all the five minutes ago? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Callback. Not, not a bad stout. Not a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I like a little more malty, a little smokier, little Yeah, it has coffee. a little bit more on it than, let's say, Guinness does. Uh, you know, it is the season to be drinking Guinness with St. Patrick's Day around the corner. So yeah, That's right. St. Patrick's Day is on Tuesday. A uh, drought, a stout in a drought. Is uh, stout in a drought is to, is to be called for for St. Patty's Day. So uh, you know, cheers and you, you you could go worse. You could have a worse, you know, eight dollar ninety nine cent drop can, you know, four pack from you know stout. No. Um, it's not bad. I mean, it's, it's definitely drinkable. And if it's there and you want to try it, go for it. Not the best stout in the world, but. You know, it's got something more. It's got something above the the porter. But I would still go with a Murphy's over you know, Murphy Stout. I would too over this. But if I wanted something really nice and drinkable, but still kind of creamy, I would actually pass up Stouts and I would go get a Boddington's. Hmm. I had one the other day uh, at the UK Pavilion in Epcot, and I was like, "Man, I forgot how good Boddington's, Boddington's is." Boddington's is so good. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I actually, if I was gonna do a nitrous beer, mm-hmm. I would just go left hand, left hand milk stout. Do the nitro oh, yeah. milk stout. That is a good one, yeah. That's true. Yes, I know. <gasps> but you know what else is true? You, the book that you're picking. We're up. gonna that we're gonna be buying books on Wednesday. <laughs> Chris and myself <laughs> will be buying books on Wednesday. Well, which. 
book will you be buying, John? Uh, I am going to be picking up over at Dark Horse Comics, uh, Frankenstein Underground. And this is a Mike Manola um, oh. written and Ben Steinbeck drawn book. Um, featuring Frankenstein's creature, alone, abandoned, wandering the underground, where he will discover other strange creatures and dark secrets to the universe. Uh, something fun to check out. I enjoy Mike Manola, and uh, I enjoy comics. We, we do enjoy comics. Uh, I want to hear about what comic book Paul oh. I'm could possibly enjoy. I, I, you know, I could possibly enjoy this. It's uh, it's from Image Comics, and it's uh, Red One, number one. Mm. And uh, basically... Okay, this sounds like a Jonathan Hickman book. It does, but you're thinking of Red Circle. That's why. Because that came out from uh, Image Comics as well. Uh, but Red One is uh, about a Soviet agent sent to Los Angeles back okay, in Okay, now night. it sounds like a Greg Rucka book. Yep. And it is starring a, uh, a female lead, so yes, uh, back in 1977. But here's where it's not a Greg Rucka book, because it's a superhero. Oh, so it sounds like a Bendis book, then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sent to spread <laughs> communism. <laughs> but this is from a, a writer that I'm I haven't... not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not. This is from a writer that I haven't heard of before, uh, Xavier Dorison who has written, uh, from what I'm reading here, Long John Silver and The Third Testament, both books that I have not read. But the art... Oh, I thought that was one book, Long John Silver and The Third Testament. Oh, that was would like be good. I was writing the new Bible. No, yeah. that's uh, Long John Silver and The Third Testicle. Little known fact. That's what made him so long. Uh, horrible. John just sighed, the most defeated sigh ever. Uh, too bad. This is what you I, get for podcasting it. with me. <laughs> this is what happens. You um, son of a bitch. Art is by uh, Terry and Rachel Dotson, and you could tell because uh, Red One looks like Wonder Woman, just in a different jumper. So there you go. Interesting. It hmm. looks like the 1970s Wonder Woman, but in a different, in a communist jumper. <laughs> so there you go. Maybe. Chris, wh- hey. wh- when are you, what are you? Book love and stuff. What book and love <laughs> you want, and stuff? Want to try it again? No, no. That's how we segue. We talked about it last time. This is how we segue now. All right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to a new number one coming out from Marvel Comics, and this is the next in line of the Disney Kingdoms imprint or mini line, whatever you want to call it. And this is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad number one, written by Dennis Hopeless with art by Ty Walker. Uh, Madcap crazy western adventure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All this was one of the rides you actually went on when we went to Disney World. Yeah, this mm-hmm. was part of their not so scary mountain trail. Yes, this is the not so scary mountain. Uh, I <laughs> never really read too much from Dennis Hopeless, but I picked up Spider Woman number five for the look back for this month, cool. and I really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to him handling like a crazy western adventure. Uh, Art by Ty Walker, who was on another book we read, but not for the show. Mm. Uh, on, oh, it was um, Avengers Undercover. Wait, it was like the the spinoff from Avengers Academy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
where yeah. they're in like the Brotherhood, uh, or mm-hmm. not the Brotherhood. Yeah, but they yeah they get recruited by uh, villains, and some of them are you know just you know undercover agents, and some of them actually flip, and it's yeah. And arcade, uh, right? Arcade yeah, basically yeah, was, captures, captures captures them, and uh, have some fighting in Murder World. It's that was a long, long series, uh, and it just kept on going and yeah, changing names. It actually and came I, out like two years ago. And I, it went for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to this though. Disney actually sent, or Marvel, I should say, sent uh, all the a same free copy to comic book stores. Maybe I think it was actually last week to try to drum up a little bit more hubbub about this book because with how Secrets of the Weird and Figment sold out so fast, they wanted stores to up their orders. So to do so, they sent a free copy to each store. And like, hey, you know what? Let let people flip through it. Let them check it out if they want it. Let them know it'll be available at this time, which I think is kind of a cool way to promote your book by giving it to the uh, stores to be like, hey, read this. See, it's good. And something I kind of wanted to throw out there, too. Um, really cool walking around Disney World and actually seeing the Figment books and Secrets of the Weird in the gift shops. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. Like, when you get off the uh, Journey into Imagination ride with Figment, they have, like, the single issues there in the gift, sh- uh, gift store to buy. And then at the new gift shop outside of the Haunted Mansion, they actually have the hardcover Secrets of the Weird book. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because I was about to ask, like, where do they have the Secrets of the Weird book? And that makes sense that it would be outside that. It's cool to see that kind of cross-pollination between the comics and the parts. Mm-hmm. And that's all That's all I'm buying next week. Oh, okay. Well, maybe th- there might be other stuff I really did look. Well, Chris... Hey, I'm Chris. Did, did you want to do your other beer now, or do you want to save it for our halfway through of the uh, bracket? Well, let's save it for our halfway through the bracket, because I still have a, a little bit of uh, brown <clears> sugar <throat> left to finish. Well, it's a good thing, because uh, we'll have to go right to our dramatic reading, then. Ooh. And now... Mm. A dramatic... <laughs> I just took a sip of my... John thought his voice was that sexy, everybody. No, I, I right Ooh. right when it threw me to, threw it to me, I had just taken a sip of my barrel-aged porter. And I was like, oh, mm, yeah. Oh, wasn't oh. that a good mm. sip? It was a very good sip. Uh, and now, a dramatic reading of Hawkeye, number five, page two, panel eight. Man, does this look bad. And that was a dramatic reading of Hawkeye, number five, page two, panel eight. You can see that panel over on beggingboard.com, where we put up the show notes sometimes every week. I didn't put up uh, last week's because I had a pretty busy week. But it'll be up tomorrow. It'll be up tomorrow. Along with this one, so we'll get there eventually. Mm. And John and I are drinking a beer. And John, you brought this to the I table. I brought this. This is from Central City Brewery, and this is their Imperial Porter. Wait, how did it get here? I was going to say, how can you call it Central City Brewery and not make Flash references? Yeah. Did it get here in a flash? It did get here in a flash. Uh, and this is their Imperial Porter aged in bourbon barrels. This is a 9% beer. Is it? 
Is it just me, or is this all grapefruit? I don't get the grapefruit. I have a little bit of a stuffy nose. But it does have a little bit of a tart kind of it, it tang to it. And tangy, and I'm like getting grapefruit citrus. I'm not getting dark, rich flavors. I'm getting fruity tartness. Like a raisiny. Sour. Sour. Yeah. What, what kind of beer is it? It's an imperial, it's an imperial porter. Porter. Uh, aged in bourbon. Bears. So I'm I getting, like it though. I'm getting a tightness and a dryness all throughout mm-hmm. my mouth, and mm-hmm. it's just reminiscent. Why did you just become Miss Piggy? Mm-hmm. I don't know why John became Miss Piggy, but he did. Uh, weird. It is weird, but it's good. It's delicious. It's it's it's, it's not so, exactly what you're looking. It's it, not what it, I would have bought. No, it's if I you know if I purchase this and I'm thinking all oh, cool. A dark porter bourbon barrels. I'm going to get dark, rich, smoky flavors. It's going to be ooh. And this is, but like on a your left turn on your tongue though, like like right now. Don't don't take another sip, okay. but just taste on your tongue. Like you can taste that bourbon. Yeah, you can taste porter. I, I get oak. You get I'm, all those nuances, but yeah, it's not that flavor that you're expecting. I'm not getting much porter. I'm am getting that oakiness, that oaky dryness, like after drinking a really big red wine or bourbon, mm. you know, that kind of stuff, that kind of thing. But um, n- nothing that screams to me. Oh, Paul, you just drink a porter. I like it. It's a sipper though. It is. And we should have rinsed our glasses out because I think we, I poured it and we had these giant heads, mm-hmm. and I think it's because we had some of that cobblestone stout in the bottom. Because yeah. that the carbonate, the oils. I don't know. Kind of weird. The um, like the foam looked weird. Like it looked like it was a mix of like that creamy head. <laughs> Pretty possible. Pretty possible. But you know what else is possible? Beer. For us to do it each and every year, the March Madness creator, comic book creator bracket. Oh my goodness! I can't even get the words right. Drinking everybody. Drinking. Hey, so we're, we do that. We're taking what we think were the uh, top six writers from both Marvel and DC and pitting them up against each other. And then we're throwing in some wild cards. That's right. We're throwing in some indie book indie creators uh, just to make it more fun for everybody listening at home and also for us discussing it here on the podcast. Uh, and we threw in four indie writers uh, to kind of... Uh, Put some cheese on everybody's parade. That, that's is that thing a thing? That people say on podcasts, Paul, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that people say in the holy musical Batman, which I recently rewatched. <laughs> I also have, haven't rewatched it in a while. It's been a couple of years. Well, because I've been watching a lot of YouTube <clears throat> videos uh, for, you know, for board games and stuff. I was gonna. Th- I thought you were about to say for boredom. Yeah. No, because videos. I got. Well, I got. It's like, Google. yeah, that's what everybody does for their <laughs> yeah, that's boredom. YouTube exists. No, I like wake up in the morning now, and you know, I got the Google Play on that TV in the bedroom. So I'm like, oh, I could just watch a YouTube video of and uh, that anno- review, and then annoy says, my wife. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, she gets up way earlier than I do. So on the weekends, and I'm like, oh, I'll just watch this quick review about this board game, and then the, it says recommended. Oh, watch Holy Musical Batman. I'm like, yeah, sure. So I turned it up. Uh, but what are our Marvel writers? Okay, Marvel, we have Jason Aaron, Dan Slott, Charles Sol- Charles Soule, not Soleil, just Soule, Karen Gillan, Nick Spencer, and G. Willow Wilson over at DC. 
because I was assuming that was your next question. Yep. We have the writers Scott Snyder, winner of last year. Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire, Robert Venditti, Will Pfeiffer, Cameron Stewart, and Ray Fox. And then, now, who are our cheese on the grades? Oh, cheese, cheese on the parades? Uh, Whatever you said before. <laughs> that you said words. You spoke them earlier. No. I was confused. I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> I thought you would catch that reference. It was. I, I didn't. I was actually pouring my next beer, though. So. It's okay. In my defense, I was thinking about something else besides you. <laughs> that's all right. And what was that something else? Well, I guess that's a cliffhanger, much like the writings of Brian K. Vaughn. And then we have Colin Bunn, Curtis Weeby, and Jacob Samin, uh, Simon. Yeah. 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 That's close enough. Yeah. Butcher names. Butcher names. That's what we do. Almost six years of it. Close enough for begging broadcast. And there we go. That's uh, top to bottom. Right there are ones through sixes and one through fours for the creative team. So as every bracket goes, your top seed always gets picked, uh, seeded versus the lowest of the remaining seeds. Marvel goes up against Marvel. DC goes against DC. And for the first round, Indy goes versus Indy. Uh, so let's start from the top. Let's go right into Marvel, and let's go with Jason Aaron versus G. Willow Wilson. I think this and is going to be the toughest for me to pick. Um, I actually, it's pretty cut and dry. Okay. Pretty easy. Uh, because I really like the fun and the family of G. Willow Wilson's Miss Marvel. And it's one of the reasons why I put her on the list is because I'm I'm a fan of the book. I went and I downloaded all the back issues that you'd picked up. Okay, good. You, and, well, not good because, you know, supporting them um, is good also. But it's it, if you stopped buying them, Paul, I would start buying them. It's, uh, the reason why it's so hard for me is because I buy and read very few books right now. It's just how it is for the past few years. And, and you're reading Jason both of these Aaron's. books. And also G. Willow Wilson are writing books that I'm absolutely loving. Yes, the family is great over in uh, Miss Marvel, but this whole mystery... Well, I don't really care about the mystery aspect of who Lady Thor is, but just getting this very new, fresh-feeling character with uh, Thor is very fun for me. And But this also varies what Marvel is known for new young superheroes that are thrown into a situation and are making the best of it she is she should be the this generation spider-man mm-hmm. I, I see no reason is. for her to not be either though and and um. it's like exact it's exactly what spider-man was back in the day like the exact person that would not be a superhero is suddenly a superhero like the dweeby kid and the nerdy kid is a superhero you know, it was always this big buff, you know, person that drove themselves to be the biggest and best. The Batman who drove himself, or Superman who came to this planet and had these powers. These, you know, big, ripped, barrel-chested men. And now, men! Yeah, manly men! Manly, manly Clean men! <laughs> uh, and now we get a uh, Muslim-American, you know... A female lead in Miss Marvel, a, you know, and then you look at 2014 like society as a whole, you know, American society as a whole, and this is 
you know, maybe the last person demographic you would expect to have a superhero be written about them. And I think it's great. Uh, and not only that, with another writer, it might not, they might not be able to capture everything that is going on and what makes this character right and mm-hmm. perfect and r- really a standout book over at Marvel. Yeah, I'm... Okay, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I really enjoyed this book, and this is something that I want to pick up all the issues that I missed. Sorry if that picked up on the microphone. My cat's freaking out. He's running across the hardwood floors. Um, and when I was on the plane, I was thinking about, like, oh, I need I need some books to read to pass the time, and I almost went through and bought all the issues that I missed, but I went for the... Uh, Iron Fist issues that I've missed instead just because like that was a book that I I loved but uh, Shield number two I don't know if you guys have had a chance to read that <clears> one yet from a couple months ago uh, written by Mark Wade it takes place at Miss Marvel's school and it's fun seeing her interacting with the rest of the Marvel universe mm. um, and it's it's hard having anyone go up against Jason Aaron. Mm-hmm. And it's especially hard when it's a writer who's handling a book that you care about. It's not just like a, a quote, like an X-Men book or a Spider-Man book. Right. Because those all could stand next to each other on the shelves. And yeah, you like them all because, well, it's an X-Men book. It's a Spider-Man book. And this is something that's definitely in a class on its own. So, hats off to G. Willow Wilson for putting this book on our radar because it's great. And you can continue, Paul. Oh, I, I was going to say, I, I feel like yeah, it, it is great, but I think Jason Aaron is doing a great job capturing a female tone with the new Thor. You know, even though he's, he's a guy writing it, but and he's still, I mean, he's still able to have the Thor voice Mm -hmm. bring in the the female Thor Um, you know he's writing other books as well as Thor Mm -hmm. but again like he's he's doing something he's doing something different with Thor but again it's nothing that like he it's nothing that really even though he's writing that female voice is nothing really it's stood out to me okay. like it's a fun it's a fun mm-hmm. book but it's nothing that like really kind of captured me I think he thrives on doing stuff that's different though even though like I didn't care for it if you look at a book like Southern Bastards mm-hmm. it's not my book but it's something different from what's out there at I, the time it was coming out his Wolverine and the X-Men it was different even though it was an X-Men book it yeah. didn't read like any other X-Men book on the stands and I think you're still kind of getting that with Thor because I, I think it just it's been a good year for Jason Aaron on Thor not just because of what he's doing here but because of what he did previously telling the story of like the many Thors over the years mm-hmm. interacting and Thor's not a character any of us cared about or would even buy a book of before Jason Aaron was on it before it was brought to us from friend of the show, uh, Steve. Truth. Yeah. All right, so vote time, because we don't want to take forever on each and every one of these. Uh, but we're going to. I know we are. Yeah, that's how it always goes. I know. 
So vote time, guys. Lock it in because uh, I'm going to give it to Jason Aaron no matter what here because I feel like your votes are going opposite. And you're right, Paul, because I thought right in the beginning I said that my vote was going for J. Willow Wilson. Or G. Willow Wilson. Um, and it's for everything that we've talked about. That she, she really made this character stand out to me. And gave it heart and soul. And as much as I love Jason Aaron and last year's list, I mean, he was, he, I was, Everyone that came up against him, Jason Aaron wins. Jason Aaron wins. And it's kind of shocking that the number six for me is taking out that number one, that writer that I would say, no, no, no. There's always an upset. Him. There's always an upset in these things. So it comes down to Chris. I just don't so, like that you're throwing this to me. Tiebreaker. Mr. Tiebreaker. I, I don't like being in this position. Either way, we – either way – we win because it, yeah. he's it's a care it's a both the writers that we really appreciate. <laughs> it, it it's both writers that we appreciate and those marquee books that we're talking about, Miss Marvel and Thor, are both great reads for almost the same reason because they're that fresh take on a new character and it's just a completely different feeling that you're getting from it. Um. So I will throw a monkey wrench into things and I'll give it over to G. Willow Wilson just to see how this bracket goes because you know what Miss Marvel is a book that could have came out and we read the first issue of and we're like yeah it was it was okay it's a new character for Marvel here's the next book we're going to talk about but we enjoyed this book enough that it's something that stayed on our radar and that's something to say about what she did with this book. Jason Aaron books are always going to be on our radar. Yeah. And Miss Marvel is a book that is there because of who's writing it now. Not just because it's someone that's in our lexicon. Right. So G. Willow Wilson moves on and will face whoever comes out of the bracket from Charles Soule and Karen Gillan. But let's jump down a little ways. And go to the number two seed, Dan Slott and Nick Spencer, because it builds suspense. It builds. It, bu- it builds suspense. suspense, and I think this is actually a good matchup between these two writers. Yeah, they uh, both run are running books that are kind of more on the jokey, fun side of things, right? Like Nick jokey Spencer fun side definitely uh, they can that be with considered bug books. Oh. They, nice. They're bug books. Ant-Man and uh, the Spider-Man books for Dan Slott, right? Yep. And Nick Spencer on Ant-Man. So, uh, Chris, he, I feel like you're more primed here uh, okay. to, to really take charge of this. Because, one, you I think you liked Ant-Man more so than both John and I did. And also, you've been the one leading the charge on the new Spider-Man uh, status quo with Spider-Verse and everything. You're, you're these, the one that these are both in. your boys coming yeah. up against each other. These are my boys coming up against each other, and this is tough because they are both writers that I enjoy for what they bring to the table. Um, I've always flirted with getting back into bed with Spider-Man. It's, it's been a challenge, though. I consider myself a Spider-Man fan, have been for years, even though I don't buy Spider-Man regularly. Well, because you were once bitten and twice shy. 
And when I found out about the Spider-Verse event, that was kind of tying back into the last time that I read Amazing Spider-Man. I was like, okay, well, this sounds cool. This is something I can get into. And I really enjoyed it because it not just harkened back to what I liked about Spider-Man, but it also brought so much new stuff to the table with all these new characters that we were getting, like Silk, Spider-Gwen, uh... The Japanese Spider-Man who was the giant, like, mecha, piloted by, like, the teenage girl. It was something so different from what you would normally get in Spider-Man that I was like, okay, this is crazy, but it still had that Spider-Man heart and soul. And so much of Spider-Man lost that, Mm -hmm. and that's why I stopped reading Spider-Man until we got Superior Spider-Man coming up, and I bought that because it was so so different. Um, and then you have Nick Spencer heading up Ant-Man, who is just such a schlub character, but he writes him so relatable. And I always use the word, this is a fun book. And it it is. Uh, and I think it's a, a good book to go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man, even though one is that first-tier Marvel character and one is, like, that D-list superhero. John, it's not like you were going to say something. Um, no, because it, it is... It's Dan Slott is bringing what I want in a Spider-Man book back. Have you had a chance to catch up and... I'm, I, I, yes, I'm catching up, but I'm not caught up. Okay. And Nick Spencer is showing me why I should be loving Ant-Man. And I'm actually, I'm actually a fan of Nick Spencer's from a lot of his indie work um, from the last couple of years, too. And it's a tough combination because it's like... I, I grew up on Spider-Man. If mm-hmm. I mean, I just moved all my long boxes. Most of those are Spider-Man comics from the 80s into the 90s. And it's tough to be like when I was a little kid and what I read and what I took away from that being brought, almost being brought back to me and making me go, Oh yeah, this is why I love Spider-Man. This is, they're doing it just right for Peter. And a lot of times when I see something that's happening, that's supposed to bring me back into Spider-Man, I usually go, why don't they just leave Peter alone? Why are they doing this to him? Mm-hmm. And it's not like, Oh, we got to give him trouble. Cause that's what, peter's all about but in this case what is going on is kind of what peter is about and they're capturing all of that perfectly and then on the other side is ant-man who i've never cared about at all did you read them in ff with uh with matt fraction i read a fir- the first couple but okay. i didn't care at okay. all i didn't care at all. i liked them i, I... Well, go ahead you're you're a Fantastic Four fan, so I know, I know but I knew book. that John was reading FF or at least a little bit. I read the first two. Okay, okay. I I read the first one because I think we picked it. Look okay. Um, I, I enjoyed them. Okay, but, but Nick Spencer has shown me that this is a character you're supposed to love and give the reasons why. Yes, it's a fun book, but it's a book of a schlub kind of guy and everything that he'll do 
for his daughter. Like mm-hmm. the moment where he has that ability to be on top, to work for Stark, to do that, gives it away to watch a movie mm-hmm. with his daughter. Not any movie. The Hunger Games. <laughs> no, not The Hunger Games. Battle Royale. Yeah. You know, like it's it's those kind of things that I go, all right, I see where this book is going. I see the fun because it is humorous. It's got a lot of fun humor in it, but it also has a lot of heart and soul. And not everyone can deliver that. Not everyone can say, oh, yeah, this is the reason you should be reading this book. And that's the thing, like, number three came out last week, and you get that uh, little bit of an argument between Scott Lang and his ex-wife about, like, why are you still here? You were just going to come down to help Cassie get situated here. Why haven't you gone home yet? And then he's like, well, no, I'm here because I, I moved my life down here. I, I started a business. That this is where I'm going to be now, and it's because of her. Is he an exterminator? No, he set up a security company. Why not because... just become an exterminator? He can just talk to all the ants to kill every other bug. There's a lot of ants in Florida. You know, well, and then he can ask them to move out of the houses. It just seems simple. Well, because there's, there's... more money in being a private security firm because and that seems like it take a lot of who work. Who better to protect your stuff than the guy that used to steal your stuff? Yeah, but who that's better his, to that's his get rid of your official tagline? Who better to get rid of your ants than Ant Man? There's there's a lot of ants in Florida, right? There's a there, but then <laughs> right that he could take care of. Well, then Simple. you don't have a fucking book, Paul. No, well, but no. I'm just... Oh, let's read Ant-Man, The Exterminator. <laughs> and it's like, oh, is he killing people? No, no, he's cleaning bugs out of houses. And then he can focus more in on his family. But then you miss the wacky adventures. He can still have wacky adventures of ants going up against what? beetles. Hey, let's have the ants versus beetles. Oh, when are we going to tie in some supervillains into this? Uh, uh the scorpion? <laughs> right I, I got an infestation of scorpions in my house. It's just a dude <laughs> sitting there drinking all your beer. Yes. They can't get rid of the scorpion. Wait, oh, wait. Next week it's going to be the beetle. Exactly. It'd be hilarious. Oh, yes. And that's why you don't write comic books, Ugh. but only critique them. Yes, that's true. <laughs> These are both great books, and they're a joy to read. And it, this is a hard pick for me, so I'm going to throw it over to you guys, since I had to decide the last one. And I'm going to say, Paul, you've probably only read one issue of yes. each, basically. And one, and the one, and I'm going to go off from what my gut is and what I would rather read, you know, continuously, and that would be Ant-Man, because I think it's more of the fi- family dynamic that I enjoy. It's him and Cassie, and, um, that's, and then him having to deal with the ex-wife, which is uncomfortable. But, you know, it's part of the book. It's part of the book. And I also am going to go with Nick Spencer on this mm-hmm. and Ant-Man because it's... Oh, see, the- we let Chris off the hook. <laughs> so never mind. I but picked it's, Dan it's okay. Slott. <laughs> because... Well, uh, Chris, is, Chris is still going to put his pick of what he thought. Yes, there we go. That we always do, even though we know we've lost or we've won. But I really do feel that Nick Spencer has captured this and, and brought... A book that a type of book 
that we don't get often that I do really like and we've been getting from Marvel and Marvel's been able to capitalize on this and get me to read a lot of their books lately. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Ant-Man it's, book is. Yeah, it's, Ant-Man it's, feels more like the new Marvel versus I think what the crossovers of with Spider-Man. It just seems I haven't read a lot of it. So maybe it isn't just the old Marvel of oh let's do a crossover, but no, I feel like the spider the the dance lot the spider verse stuff is not just like a crossover thing. It's it's okay. an event. It is an event, but it's but it's a, not an event for an event's sake. Yeah, I just it you just know, I just get with, that that like tenseness when I'm reading that really stuff. well. I'm like, oh, I don't know. yeah, it honestly the spider verse stuff feels more kind of like the like Night of the Owls from okay Batman, where it's like you can read the book proper. But there's so much other stuff going on that you want to pick up that book. You want to see those other characters in that situation. It's not like a, oh, I finished reading Amazing Spider-Man number 14. Now I have to go by Scarlet Spiders number two to get the rest. It's it's all like, oh, man, I can't wait to read this book mm-hmm. to see what else happens. So, Chris, your pick? Um. I already kind of had my mind made up, but, you know, we, we like to have that little bit of a cliffhanger there. Who are uh, you, Brian K. Vaughn? <laughs> <laughs> Dan Slott is writing the Spider-Man book that I have always wanted to read. And he's been doing it for a while, so now I'm like, oh, man, I've been missing out. But he's writing Spider-Man how Spider-Man should be written. Nick Spencer kind of came out of nowhere for me, and took a character that I didn't care about and made me care about him. And that's why I have to give it over to Nick Spencer for this one, because I never thought I'd actually sit down and be reading an Ant-Man book, let alone be buying it regularly, picking it for my pick for the list, like, the week before it comes out. Like, that's great. And the fact that I'm looking forward to the Ant-Man movie might be swayed by this, but if we can get this Ant-Man portrayed by Paul Rudd, this movie is going to be great. I believe so. Uh, if it's anyways, if it's anywhere near the heart and soul that's in the book, it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> but what's our next pick? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was trying to think of, you, you mentioned the Spider-Man book you want to read, and then I, I remember just glimpsing at an article about... Uh, with the whatever, what's the battle world that's going to be happening? We're going Secret, to Secret Wars. Secret Wars. There's going to be a Spider-Man book with Spider-Man married to Mary Jane and them having that daughter. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That's the Spider-Man book that I want to pick up out of Secret Wars. Like, I, I'm interested in that. And I was trying to think of who was the writer, and I was looking that up, but I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, well, because because you could just read Nick Spencer's Ant-Man. Yeah, and I will. Uh, next up, we'll go right back to the top with DC we'll, or, or with Marvel? Uh, Marvel, and finish up. We'll finish up Marvel's uh, side of the bracket, and then we'll jump over to DC, and we'll go with Charles Soule versus Karen Gillan. Uh, Charles Soule recently has been writing uh, She-Hulk, She-Hulk, one of Paul's favorites, one of my favorites, and also uh, a book that we read for the look back, uh, Death of Wolverine, the issues one and two. Uh, him slicing his slicing his way through Menopore and. He only wrote one and two. He didn't read all. Write well, all we four. wrote. 
We read for the look back. <clears throat> okay, because I was like, Whoa. we did for the look back. <coughs> I, I, I read three. them all. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I did as well. Yeah, wow. I, I actually. Well, I, really I read She Hulk all of them, but you guys probably didn't. No, but he wrote all of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How how many was that? Fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, ten more. <laughs> and the Wolverine. <laughs> it's ten more. Ten more. But it more. wasn't weekly. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, then you have Kieran Gillen, who is currently working on Angela as guards assassin, and then another book I picked up. Mm-hmm. Another book you picked up, and then he was writing Iron Man for uh, like the longest time, and as John kind of pitched him for an indie, pick, the Wicked and Divine uh, yeah, images, what? Wicked and Divine. That we also read for a look back, which I yeah. think can still be included in his. Oh yeah, definitely in his in his writing. Mm-hmm. But when when it came down to it, like where we would put him on the bracket, like the classes. Yeah, he is a Marvel writer because they do trust him with those properties. And, and, and he yeah. he's writing Darth Vader, um, Darth Vader for Marvel too, which I really really enjoyed. <clears throat> I enjoyed it, <clears throat> but it was almost like just because it was middle management. Darth Vader. <laughs> it was like, it, it, like I said, it's the it's it, the day in the life of Vader. It reminded me of what was the old YouTube team, uh, uh, Chad Vader. Vader. <laughs> yeah, like it reminded me of that, and what that's why like I enjoyed week, it. Weekend manager or something. Yeah, night manager at a like that's why I enjoyed it. Not so much because it was really great or anything. It was just because it was sad well, sack Vader. Well, the thing is, is like you uh, horrible mm, at my job. Mm. It is. It is all the stuff that you miss. Like it's. It's the stuff that in these movies you're like, I bet Vader got tore a new one by the <laughs> Emperor. Yeah, he fucking did. He forgot to tell the contractors to put an emergency stop on the trash compactors, didn't he? Um, but what I do like about this is. And you've brought it up because it made you want to go back and play the um, Force Unleashed. No, Force because Unleashed. I recently unplayed, played the Force Unleashed, and there were a lot of those moments between Vader and the Emperor in that. But also, it, it's kind of, I'm looking <laughs> like it's like, the Emperor going. Like, as soon as the like, Emperor shuts off his holograph like communication thing, Vader's just like, oh, this guy. <laughs> and then it's the, the Emperor coming up. Sorry, what was that? Did you say something, Vader? Oh, I've I felt a disturbance oh. in the force, Vader. Were you sticking your tongue out at me, <laughs> Vader? Are you cloning a person and a dark apprentice to kill me again, you wild guy? You. Wild crazy Yeah, that's the emperor. <laughs> He's played by Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> The good, the good Dan Aykroyd is Wild and crazy guys. As I like to call him, the good, the Dan Aykroyd, the thin Dan Aykroyd. Uh, the thin Dan Aykroyd. Uh, where I was I getting know, at that, is... That Dan Aykroyd gave us soul, man. So. <laughs> yeah. Thin Dan Aykroyd gave us Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters. Well, he was pretty chubby. For, he was a little chubby. He was pretty yeah, but chubby. He's, but he's not fat Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> oh. Um, but what I was saying is, with the Vader stuff is... I and I wait. Are you a fan of Fat Dan Aykroyd? Because I think we haven't pinned down on you on this yet. <laughs> well, we'll create a bracket for that, Paul, for and we'll episode, we'll do like, that. Fat Aykroyd versus me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, like, listeners, hit us up on Facebook. <laughs> fat Aykroyd versus Skinny Aykroyd. Let us know. 
comment down below. Sound off on the comments. <laughs> yeah, co- comment on the episode post. Let us know if you want Bad Aykroyd or Skinny No, Aykroyd. no. As a rating and review, don't review us. That's just stupid. Give us a five-star rating and also write Bad or Skinny Aykroyd <laughs> and his his best moment of each. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <laughs> but with the Vader book... I kind of want to see that Vader maybe working against the Emperor. What is happening between all the rebel wins and what's going on? Like, and that's interesting about where Kieran Gillian is going with that book. And yeah, that middle management schlub Vader was so much more entertaining, and the art was great in that book. Yeah, but then in Ep- in Return of the Jedi, that moment where Vader like becomes good and, and embraces the light side again and helps his son, it's not about that at all. He's just like, I'm finally turning in my two weeks notice here. <laughs> I'm tired of this bullshit, and he's finally fight. He's finally well, quitting in the way everybody wants to quit. Not good for me, me or not good for going you. Out how everyone always wants yeah, exactly. To. It just throws his manager over a. <laughs> <laughs> over a catwalk because in the future catwalks are dangerous and they lead to all science fiction deaths mm. it's it's him putting in his two weeks notice it's not him helping out his son it's him being like no this guy is total bullshit right now and I'm sick of it uh, yeah it's that moment of, he's really distracted by killing my son whoop and I love like if you think back at like Jedi and he's just got that moment where they're he's like zapping he's zapping Luke and he's kind of like well, I could. <laughs> but he also could be like, he could also be like, did I pick up my dry cleaning? <laughs> is my resume, are my, are is my capes ready? Is my that, space resume actually up, at the, up to date enough for me to actually put it back onto uh, Space Indeed? Or, or should I wait here and just go along with uh, the Emperor a little bit longer until I get that, that all squared away? That's where Vader's being like, well, how are my benefits? <laughs> I, I stick around for another month. I get that three weeks of vacation. All right. Well, I really uh, need it for all my volcano damage. <laughs> this robot suit doesn't pay for I, I itself. Gonna, it's like car insurance and really health insurance health health all in one. So. You know what's really funny? Like, the guy's got robot legs. He's got robot arms. What the fuck is he doing with a cape? <laughs> Like, I mean, can you think about him, like, sitting down? Does he have to, like, use his robot clunky arms to move his cape when he sits down in seats? It's so weird. It's regal, John. It's it regal, regal, but That's why the does only he have to stand everywhere? Because his cape is going to be all wrinkly. Well, he realized... Why know, does he wear a cape? If he wore a cape is it in he's episode... A lord? No, because if he wore a cape in episode three, maybe... Obi-Wan would have sliced the cape and not his legs. Because he would have missed, you know? It's all... Yeah, but the, the Vader we have now is not going to be no, trying not to be jump jumping. up a hill. Well, He's he Frankensteining around! And, and, well, in the battle of... You know, right, the let's legs, get back to the fucking In Bespin, list. he jumps around quite a bit. He jumps down the thing. He uh, jumps down. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know? Okay. Uh... <laughs> So, like a ton of bricks. What? Nick Spencer or Dan Sl- What? What are we no, doing? No, we're on Kieran Gillian and Charles. <laughs> oh, Kieran Gillian. Okay, go ahead. What? Who's picking this? Let's go. Let's go. I know. Well, I was trying. I was trying to put out there. Uh, I'm gonna go Kieran Gillian, and most of it is 
not for his Marvel work, but for what he did at Wick, with Wicked and Divine. Uh, amazing book with his longtime collaborator uh, on art. And the book is solid. Uh, week to week, I'm interested, or month to month, I'm interested in knowing what's going on in there, knowing the different Marvel stuff he's been doing, and the fact that he can manage three books at once with everything that's going on, uh, and taking on something huge like Star Wars, I think is pretty big for him. Not to say Charles Soleil is, Soul. or Soul is, a bad writer. I think he's a, he's a very good writer. I hear during the daytime he's a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> but I do think that Kieran Gillian... Also does independent work with uh, Letter 44. Yeah. Haven't read it. Have, me Have we read Why that? didn't you bring no. that? Bring it to the table, Paul. I, I will later. Set it up. Bring it to the table. This should be your next trade and policy. No, my next trade and policy is Wonder Woman coming no, no, out I, in April. Oh, next, the one after that. Yeah, because you've already announced that. Oh. Okay. Well, that so, it still hasn't already, happened, and we've so already read next. it. You're you're one after that. Okay. Letter forty four. Make a four. note. Okay. Making note. Making note. Don't do it on that because you're just going to throw that piece of paper away. No, I'm not. It <laughs> says great things on Why it. Why would you keep it? Uh, but Kieran Gillian is my my vote. Paul, your vote. Oh, are we sticking it with Chris? Uh, no, because I know you're going to not pick Karen Gillian. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Charles Soule. <laughs> yeah, I so know. therefore it's worth sticking yeah, it with no, Chris yeah. with his pick. What's... I thought you meant. Are you sticking it to Chris by not picking Chris? No, no, next? no. I mean, like oh. he now he's on the he's on the fence. He doesn't like being in this position. He said so know, before. I, we need to do this Paul. every fucking time to Chris. <laughs> okay, I, I'm That's not on the fun. fence though. So Paul, defend your pick. Charles Soule uh, yeah. has written a lot of books for Marvel. Uh, she Hulk. We got 14 issues, which is really long for a She Hulk solo r- run. Um, basically brought her into uh, uh, front and center many, again. Do you know how many issues Dan Slott wrote? 18? I believe. Uh, two trades worth. So okay. between I, I 12 and 18. Uh, uh, not, so much so. So you've already solidified. Didn't get as many issues as Dan Slott, who went down <laughs> really quick Ooh. in the bracket. Okay, but also brought uh, She-Hulk for forefront enough to get her as the lead character in X Force coming out or, or X A Force coming out soon. <laughs> I was gonna say Paul's like a hey, She-Hulk on X Factor, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Wait a second. So you're telling me that she's gonna be a member of X Factor and then. Madrox no, is like force. her detec- is no, her no, like no. detective for it. She's she's gonna be. She's hiring them as a detective agency. No, you know she pops up in Howard the Duck. Oh really? Does she? That'll yeah. be great. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to check that out. They're yet. both I'm on the West Coast. Uh, she, also, Charles Soule has written a book that I didn't think I would ever care about: The Death of Wolverine. Uh, helped bring about Inhumanity over at uh, Marvel. And you're reading that? No. Okay. So you don't know it's good. I don't know. He's it's just good. doing that. Well, no, he it already finished that that part. Okay. And was and it I, good? I didn't read it. I don't okay. care about it. It was a major crossover, <laughs> which point. I don't care. It's a care. great selling point for him. It's a great selling point because he he's trusted enough over at Marvel to do those kind of big books as well as these small under the radar like She Hulk books, which are just fun and that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So if you want the big book, you can get it from Charles Soule, or if you want just the fun like I do, you can get it. Can't you do the same thing with Karen Gillian? Maybe, but not as well. 
That's right. I said it. You said it, and you just solidified Chris not picking him. I know. Uh, I wasn't going to be good. I know. Uh, I know I would. No. But like you said, Charles Soule did with Wolverine what I didn't think was possible. He made me care about the character. Like, I picked up that Death of Wolverine number one because it was something to read for the monthly look back. And then but then you- I was like... Wow, this is actually really well done, and I want to read this Wolverine book. It made you pay that four ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> three more times. Ooh. And uh, the Steve McNiven art didn't hurt, but the fact that I cared and I wanted to read it that that meant something because, again, Wolverine the X Men from Jason Hearn. <laughs> I was buying that book not because it was a Wolverine book, but it was that like, hey, here's the crazy school, mm-hmm. and Wolverine just happens to be the headmaster. So hats off to Charles Soule for that because he took a mini event that I normally wouldn't have cared about and he made me care. He made me pay my five bucks a week to Marvel for it. Um, but man, Kieran Gillen, with Star Wars at Marvel, we have three books. We mm-hmm. have Star Wars written by Jason Aaron, Princess Leia written by Mark Wade, and then Darth Vader written by Kieran Gillen. Marvel is trusting these dudes with one of their biggest franchises that they've paid millions of dollars for. Or probably billions at this point. And I I believe in their judgment because like I said, I liked Darth Vader more than I actually liked Star Wars number one. Like, Darth Vader, number one, was the book that I kind of wish Star Wars had been. And everything that he's done over at Wicked and Divine from Image has been awesome. And, Paul, I'm surprised you don't like this book more as someone who is kind of a little bit more into theology in your formative years. Yeah, since I took, you know, religious studies courses (laughs) throughout college. So, like, it's... I like seeing the new... Yeah, I'm not talking about like the DC new gods, but the Wiccan divine. Like when a new god pops up, I want to see who this person is and what their personality is. Yeah, but it's played too much into what what didn't hook me was it was played too much in that music culture that I'm just not a part of and I just don't understand. Well, that's okay (laughs) because I just don't. don't But you love Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. Just think of all the characters as Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. Well, then I love. I I can now understand that book better. But here's the thing: like that's something that kind of bubbles beneath the scene. Like you don't have to be into that to enjoy the book. I'm not really into that, and I enjoy the book. I, I enjoy the things that move around that. Like that's just like one of the pieces to the puzzle. And it's. There's so many levels to that book, and yeah, Jamie McKelvey helped sell it with his artwork, but they've worked together for so long now. Like, I feel like they just trust each other to just knock it out of the park with every issue that comes out. But this is that book that if someone else was writing it, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. Like, if it was from another indie writer and it was coming up from Image, I would be like, oh, John will buy it. We might talk about it. <laughs> but when I saw his name attached to it, I was like, okay, this, this is the book I'm going to be buying. And here we are, like, 
13 or 14 issues later, and I'm still buying it the day it comes out. It's still that book that I I save for like the bottom of my comic book stack that week because I I want to finish with this book. And I think that's odd because I always the books that I'm looking forward to and I love the most I want to read first. See, I I do I do it both ways. Like the books I'm super excited for, I'll either read first or I'll read last because then it washes out like the middle of the road books with like that wow that was great or it starts the off strong this is that one that like that week when it comes out i'm like all right i i finished with my wicked and divine so kieran gillian moves on moves on uh so then paul what's what's the next one brian k vaughn versus jacob seaman uh saman uh, uh Gavon for this, 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 this is my grouping. Um, Jacob uh, Simon from Goners from from Goners, um, which is a small book. We ha- you haven't heard us talk too much. We reviewed the first one. Um, we all really enjoyed it. It's kind of uh, the brother or sister book to Secrets of the Weird, um, and the book just keeps getting better, keeps getting weirder, keeps bringing more and more stuff to life it's it's finally that first story arc is wrapping up mm-hmm. um and i've really really enjoyed this book and i'm kind of i'm really glad that this writer got to this spot and got onto the list is so is this an ongoing it is it, an ongoing. it is an ongoing okay where i felt i'm gonna just say this real quick where i felt secrets of the weird because I, I actually read all of those felt a little rushed where it was like oh and now we do this and it felt like there was a lot more ideas the writer had just didn't have the, <laughs> didn't have the time to do it goners feels like no this guy he can just go yeah how many of you read Paul? two <laughs> okay <laughs> but it's an ongoing so i know this guy can um, just go and he does and he and does it's, image, it's, so it's, it's, cancel it. it's just what the better what book are they gonna put out instead <clears throat> they put out new books all the <laughs> I know. time i know um but they're no they do they have given them free range and the move the book has its own kind of pace it, it doesn't feel rushed mm-hmm. um and he does he's got free range to write this book um but he's going up against the big boy he's going up against brian k vaughn and month to month the book that i am looking forward to most is gonna be saga from brian k vaughn I absolutely love that book, and it's so – it's almost unfair um, to put anyone up against Brian K. Vaughn in my eyes right now because I absolutely love that book. It's the book that when my girlfriend was like, well, what comic book should I read? I was like, Saga. And she sometimes when I'm like, hey, I bought my books, and if I'm at work – She'll read the book before I get to, because she loves that book just as much as I do, and I I can't not go against Brian K. Vaughn and Saga because the book just keeps rolling and rolling on and just being great. All right. Well, you had to at least expect this question <coughs> once. Will you reread Why the Last Man or? At least read it. 
I have gone back and tried to read and finish the first volume. Now, if you guys are saying, like, oh, you really got to get to volume two or volume three, I will continue on. And you need to read all of it. I don't want to read all of it. No, here's the thing. I'm not going to say you need to, like, read to at least this point. If I'm going to say that, I'm going to say you need to read every arc of it. Well, when I when I show up at your place next weekend, they're yours. To give me the books. They're yours. All right. I'll have them gift wrapped for you <laughs> because it's so good. And I I think I said this when we read Saga Number One. Everything you like about Saga, you get in Why the Last Man. I don't know. It's all there. Yeah, it might not be told with aliens and fucking crazy, like, space weapons and drugs and magic, <laughs> but there's there's such heart to that book, <clears throat> and it's telling the story of a family. Some of them might be related by blood, some are related by journeying together, but it's it's all there, and you care about all of those characters, and you you want to see them at their best, but you you just can't. Um, it, it's such a good book, and this is a book I will continue to harp on you for because <laughs> you, you need to read it. I have I have issue one first printing of Why the Last Man. That's got to count for something, right? No, because you haven't read the rest of the series. Um, I, right. I, I take it away. I take it away from you. Oh, you can't do that. Sorry, you, it's you, been done. You, I have it right here. You, oh, me mother, holding it because it was away from you. Mother truck stop. But Paul, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, out of those book, the two book saga versus. Goners, I have to go with the book that I enjoyed, and that's Goners. So I'm going with Jacob C- uh, Salmon. Why would you go with the guy that you have trouble saying his name? Well, versus and BKB? Why did you like Saga again? Because it was just I, I, I vaguely remember having the it's the rules. There's no rules. It's just wacky, just for wackiness' sake that I felt. And not, I'm like, I don't. So not. I know, but I it just is. couldn't get past it. Here's, I just. It's and here's just, the thing, Paul. I'm gonna. I'm going to scold you, too, because it's the exact opposite talk of John, <laughs> where everything you like from Why the Last Man is in Saga. And just listen to the last five minutes of the episode to find out why. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you guys just you need to cross that bridge and meet me in the middle of it. Because they're great books. They're great books. Well, that's why. I don't know that why is you why both don't like the other one. <laughs> that's why it's so we're confusing. <laughs> that's why we we are on a podcast together because there's the one guy yep. on that side of the desk, there's the one guy on this side of the desk, and there's the guy in the middle, and it changes for everything exactly. except Paul is always the guy on that <laughs> side of the desk. And you're always the guy on this side of the desk. I, I get that, but this is the one thing that should be <laughs> like combining everything. Like this should be the one thing we all agree. On. I know it's so silly. We're such silly boys, but uh, but we are silly boys with a next beer. 
Yes. Wait, I haven't given my shit yet. Oh, oh yeah, give your shit. Even though everyone knows it probably at this it's point. It's Brian K. Vaughn because he just spent five, ten minutes saying why we love him all. Yes. So and, say you all. And it could be because um, with Goners, I really like the book, but because I got that feeling that I got from Seekers of the Weird. I'd, I'd like to know that this is going to be an ongoing because I can continue to get that feeling. Mm-hmm. But, man, just being back at Disney and, like, flipping through that book in the gift shop, I was like, I need to reread this. I really like this book, and I wish I had more of it. Um, I'm glad I could get that from Goners, but I'm glad I have BKV there delivering something different every single month, and I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy and great just making me wait for that uh, next issue. All right. So for round one, we have the winners of J... Or now you got me saying it. Darn it. John. Way to go, John. G. Willow Wilson versus Kieran Gillen and Nick Spencer versus Brian K. Vaughn. So uh, we're going to start pouring our next beer here. Chris, did you already pour your next beer? Uh, I did. Oh, did you start drinking your next beer? Yeah, I drank Cause half that, this bottle already. Because this would be a great time for you to review that beer as, before we get over to DC. What I have here is from Lagunitas as well. And this is the old gnarly wine style ale. Ooh. Uh, this is their barley wine ale. Um, I'm just reading the bottle now. I saw it on the shelf and I just grabbed it. Um, they said, the first sip is for thirst, the second one for pleasure. The third sip is for knowing, and the fourth for pure madness. Uh, 10.6 ABV. Oof. Big boys it's, tonight. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I just bought this because I saw that dog on the on the label, and I was like, okay, Lagunitas, I'll get it. And then I was like, oh, hey, it's, it's barley wine. That's something I could drink. And, man, this is something that I could very easily drink. Um... I've it never... reminds me a little bit of the Middle Ages Druid Fluid. Ooh, I really enjoy the Druid Fluid. And I've, I've never seen this one. I, I, I don't know if it's new or if we this just don't get it. This is the 2015. It's a limited release, so it's probably something you'll be able to find Like if you just go to... Yeah, I might have to go to Premiere. Like a Consumers or Premiere. Like, yeah. Or, for those listening, like <clears throat> your local gourmet uh, store. Beer shop. Um, Ye old beer shoopy. It's... It's there's like three P's and four E's. Would you say that? Yep. It's extremely drinkable. Not a lot of burn, and I think this bottle was like five forty nine. No, and that makes was sense. like the big selling point for it because it's a Lagunitas beer, so I knew I was going to get that quality. And then I looked at the price for it, and I was like, it's right in line with everything else they have, where it's pretty cheap. And it's going to deliver. So I bought it, and I have not been let down. Mm. And you guys paused while I was taking... Oh, we were taking a, sips of our next beer. A couple big sips. So yep, yep. I was hoping you were going to be able to fill it in. <laughs> huh? No, we were Man, taking sips of our we beer. We were both taking sips There's, because this is, unlike Lagunitas, this is a brewery that we had this, very little space in. This is, a, this is a brewery that's been... Off our charts for a long time. You could say um, they've fallen off the edge of the off the edge of the map for us. Uh, and this is heavy seas, 
Siren Noir. This is an imperial stout brewed with chocolate and aged in bourbon barrels. Um, okay, heavy Seas has been, like, really hit or miss for us. We, we did not. No, they were all miss for us, right? Like, basically. Black can, we like their Black IPA, We I like think. the Black IPA. Which, I which is Black Cannon? believe... Um, we thought but, it was okay. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was drinkable. Mm-hmm. We didn't but, like their barley wine at all. No, which was their what? What Baltic Sea barley I wine? I don't even remember. I all I remember is that I'm not a fan of this brewery. But when I was walking by uh, Consumers last night, which is a local beer place, for nine ninety nine was a Imperial Stout with chocolate, aged in bourbon barrels, and I have to say. You get a nice chocolate stout with a slight hint of bourbon at the end. I, I get bourbon more up front than chocolate. See, I get the chocolate, and I, 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 yep, I have a bit of a stuff. stuffy nose, but I get that chocolate, and it's like a rich, nice mm-hmm. chocolate. And once I've swallowed that, I'm like, bourbon? Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. See, I get smoky ro- roastedness on the back end. I get a roasted. The kind way of both taste. of you are describing it sounds delicious. It is still. It is. It is good. I, I'm enjoying it. It, it is. It is quite. It is surprising me how much I'm enjoying this. I don't think it. It, it puts itself up there. Like okay, I need a. I want a bourbon aged, uh, stout. I'm. I might. I would probably pick this up again. If I, it was there on the shelf for nine ninety nine. For nine ninety nine is a great price for this versus like the Brooklyn who have oh. uh, four types of bourbon aged beers out right now, all at twenty two ninety nine. Yeah, and they were awful. And again, a, it's a it's a brewery that I don't trust. Mm-hmm. And those might be excellent beers, but for the most part, I am usually willing to spend. Their Black Ops. Remember last year we was, tried it. Black Ops was horrible. It was just water. It it, it it was not it was not a bourbon beer, but it's not a brewery that I'm willing to take a chance on. One of the reasons is the price point, but there's other breweries that I'd say, oh yeah, you're charging me that, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Heavy Seas, not a brewery I ever even think about going to. Yeah. Nine ninety nine, I'm like, hey, it could be an Anderson Valley, Old Crustacean Ale from Rogue was same price point. But it was from Rogue. They are hit and miss, but we had more trust in them, uh, and definitely. we went with them, and we were glad we oh, did yeah. with that barley I would wine. I would go with that again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what with this? Sorry, just for show notes, what with this heavy seas called again? Uh, Siren Noir. Okay, thank you. Um, and I think the last time I actually had a heavy seas beer was when I I bought the sampler pack just to be like, okay, well, I'll try them. Mm-hmm. And that was like what five years ago? It, it was a long time, and we didn't like any. Of I think that was, Scott was on the show. Yeah, when we yeah, did it was that. it was downstairs in Studio A. Mm-hmm. Like I would give that, this. That's literally the last time I had one. Yeah, I would give this thing. four. I would give this four out of five. It's yeah. a really nice chocolate bourbon beer. This is good. This is really good. And for nine ninety nine, I would put it up with any of the Anderson Val- uh, Valley bourbon aged beers that we had. Okay, um, that's. That's so, promising. Mm-hmm. Uh, def- it's de- it's definitely worth the checkout, um, and I'm glad I saw it. Now it says like it's part of their Uncharted Water series 2015. Um, I would probably pick up another one of their Uncharted series now. I, I would as well. I wouldn't go up for to, their up to 12.99. That's a, my break point for them. Um, like they would have to prove another. I would have to get something else from their Uncharted series 
underneath $12.99 or below that I really liked. And then I'd be like, okay, anything that they put out in the series, I'm going to buy. Doesn't matter the uh, price point. Black Cannon, their Black IPA, I had 27 months ago. And what did you rate it? Uh, Three and a half? Two and a half. Ooh, I thought we kind of liked it. Okay. <laughs> that's when we were in, like, Black IPA territory. Yeah, I think that was when it was competing against Black IPAs. <laughs> and I haven't... I have not registered uh, any of their other beers. Well, you know what? It's time to register Ooh. and rate. Writers versus writers in competition <laughs> on the bracket. So we're going up to the top of the bracket for DC now, other side of the bracket. We're going Scott Snyder, number one, winner of last year's, versus Ray Fox. Uh, relatively, well, he's been uh, DC writer since the New 52. Uh, jumping ship from DC's Justice League Dark, gone on to Constantine. Or was always with Constantine, He right? was, uh, yeah, he started Constantine. And then, uh, and then Jeff Lemire took it over. Yep. Uh, no, they started it together on Constantine. Okay. Um, they started it together, which I think it was just Jeff Lemire getting him set up, plus Jeff Lemire was writing the character over in Justice League Dark. And he, was and he took writing. over for uh, Milligan, um, oh, Milligan on, on Justice League Dark. Yeah, Pete Milligan started Justice League Dark. And um, he's moved on to... Um, did he? Is he doing Swamp Thing now, or was that no? Soleil was doing Swamp Thing, yeah. okay, for a while. I don't even. Oh know man! If you had brought it. up Soleil doing Swamp Thing, I would have voted for him. Well, that's, well you still can <laughs> change your vote. It's fine. <laughs> um, it had Constantine in it, but he's been writing um, Gotham by Midnight, which I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the feel of the book, the tone of the book. It's, it's done very well. It's exactly what we said we wanted Martian Manhunter to do. Yeah. yeah. And and they're doing that with the Spectre, which is actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I would like after issue six is a change of artist. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just... That heavily sketchy, overly gr- yellowish sepitone kind of coloring it, it wears on me and that's why i couldn't go back to the book it's not the writing it's not the writing i've i've enjoyed it and it's it takes it takes me a little bit out of the book where if they had maybe a different artist on there i think it wouldn't be like one of those last books that i read of my week um i honestly haven't read any more since number one but yeah. i i wasn't a big fan of it hmm. even though i like the idea of it um, and I think it's because of the art. Yeah. And, I mean, he's 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 one of those people that Scott Snyder selected to work on Batman Eternal with him. And he's up against the, the big... He's up, he's up against the big gun, because not only is Batman just freaking amazing... I'm still reading American Vampire. Uh, American Vampire Second Cycle is great. I read most of The Wake. Um, it got a little much for me. Um, and just what's going on in Batman right now is so great that I can't... 
I'm sorry, like everybody on this list, I'm sorry you have to go up against Scott Snyder because you are not. Well, doing... Vegas, you know, called up and they told me that the long odd, the 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 odds-on favorite, they like they closed the book. They wouldn't take any more uh, bets on Scott Snyder winning this bracket for this year. It's uh, so it's, we've it's, done. It's, this. You can't even bet on him right go. now. They, they, yeah. We we've done this. What for, odds, odds this favorite. is our third year doing it or fourth fourth, fourth. Uh, yeah fourth. And I think Scott Snyder's won at least two in a row. I don't and think he won the first one. No, no, because he wasn't on our radar. He wasn't on our radar. No. Because I was like, guys, you should be reading Detective Comics with Scott Snyder. He brought back James Gordon Jr., and it's creepy as all hell. And you guys were well, like, what? Huh? Here's the thing. At that time, I was just I was reading Batman because it was the, the Batman book that I read. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was like... And the only reason I was picking that up, though, Detective Comics, was because Jock was on art. I I liked Gates of Gotham, though. Yeah. Well, that was afterwards. That was... And that that was was afterwards, and that's what made me... Scott Snyder started before Because I was like, wow, this this is really good. (laughs) But I, I I gotta throw it to Scott Snyder. I can't not... And Paul, like I want to say things that are going on in Batman, because I, yeah, I'm so I, far behind. I, I can't, I can't, because you are one of my best friends, and and I love you. I not, seriously, I'm you, glad you, you haven't been Joker poisoned you, like the rest of the Justice League and everything else that's going on that I you just have, have no, not read. You have no idea. I have no idea. You have no idea. Like you're putting something out that you saw, but you have no idea. Yeah, because it was a cover. Yeah. And I hate you. <laughs> because you have it, and because I can't talk to you about this, because I want to talk to you about this. I'll get caught up. Eventually. You won't get caught up, and that makes me so angry at you, so angry, so angry, guys. I am so angry. Drink your beer; it'll be okay. Chris, make yes. John make John remember that he has another friend he can talk to. Hey, John, you can talk to me about man about Batman all you want because. I am loving this book so much. <laughs> oh man! And Endgame has been—he's happy again. Thank you. <laughs> I, heard, I got a big smile that, on like, my wow. face, and then I'm like, "Oh, that's why I like Chris better." <laughs> and I—I I got one of the guys I work with reading Batman. He's been buying the trades, and like he reads it like here and there, and then just like one day he comes up, he's like, <coughs> I, "I finished Death of the Family." And it's like a, a huge conversation from there on out. And he's talking about just the stuff that the Joker's done in Death of the Family and how much he likes how he's being written. And then he talks about how much he likes the artwork because he's a graphic designer and he loves Greg Capullo's artwork. But what's getting him is just how the story's being told and just how crazy the Joker is. And how Batman is and just like Batman's at like no I'm right Joker doesn't know does, doesn't know who we are he doesn't care I visit him it's cool <laughs> and that, like I'm biting my tongue with everything that he says he likes and he's like drawing from in our conversations cause Endgame is just like everything else ramped up and nothing against Ray Fox, but he is just not at this level. No, I I, I enjoy reading 
Batman Eternal. But that's such a collaborative book that I, I feel like nobody can claim writership of it. No. You, you are writing a team book, and it's reading as a team book. Like, nothing stands out. It's not like 52 where when you read something, you're like, oh, that was totally Grant Morrison, or, oh, that had the heart of, like, Mark Wade, or, oh, that was so gritty. That was the Greg Rucka section. Issue issue to issue, it has a consistent feel. It, it, Nobody's it feels like outshining anyone else in it. And, um... Yeah, and it's it's it's. I think Marvel was so much easier to put together this list for, where yeah. DC was a little tougher for us because there was even people that I thought like, oh, James Tinian, but then I was like, not James Tinian, he's just he's just Scott Snyder's boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that's why he's there. He's his he's his boy. Mm-hmm. And his boy blue. <laughs> I mean, Ray Fox at least has several books going on, and and mm-hmm. I mean, one of them that at least two of yeah. two out of the three actually really really enjoyed, um, and it's, I mean, it's it, it's tough for everyone on this list going up against Scott Snyder, and yeah, Paul, like and, it's and, almost I almost feel like you don't get to have a vote because you haven't been reading what's going on. Yeah, but I also read Witches number one from Scott Snyder because it was part of our look back. And Scott Snyder can do these really creepy, awesome superhero books. You only read that because of Jock, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that's true, too. That's also true. Uh, but, man, he can go dark and heavy and do some, like, really creepy stuff with witches and and still be have that. And he's still like, no, this is a Scott Snyder book. He, he can do his independent work, and he can feel like, nope, this is Scott Snyder. And then do the Batman story that's creepy and have that horror element, and, it, it, and it's, it's still and it's, Scott Snyder. And it's a completely different. I mean, if you laid out witches, American Vampire, and Batman, and also what was the water one? Wake the Wake. Yeah. And you said, "Is this written by the same guy?" And you read all of those, you'd be like, "I don't think they all so. have that eerie suspense. Well, they have that a, dread. They have an eerie suspense. They have. He's able to but layer dread upon dread and just make you well. But it doesn't have the same feel of somebody like like. There's certain writers that you're like, yeah. "Oh, that's a so and so book. That's a so and so book." You can say. That's a Snyder book because yeah. of its I know macabre, it's a book. Yeah. but it's it it's written differently. The characters are so dramatically right. different. I mean, American Vampire, you're looking at Hunter or uh, Hunter Sweet, Skinner Sweet, Skinner Skinner Sweet, and Pearl are those main characters. I mean, Batman is Batman. Yeah, he's always Batman. He's always Batman. I mean, and um, I mean, just like witches is a father. My favorite part of Neighbors, of, by the way, <laughs> of, of our yeah, about who Batman yeah. was yeah. is is a father protecting his daughter mm-hmm. is what that book is about, and it's so different with what's going on. Yes, it's macabre yes. things going on, but they're different. They are different. But Brian K. Vaughn, a lot of different characters. He can go crazy. But what I, what I always say, Brian, Brian K. Vaughn, he plays that cliffhanger. And that's what that's his note. He plays a cliffhanger with uh, Scott Snyder. He plays dread. He makes every page turn heavy, where Brian K. Vaughn makes every page turn like, oh, where's the next page? I will agree to that. 
Okay? That's that's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure it's going to come down to those two. <laughs> that is the odds on favorite. Let's not spoil anything. We got another. Yeah. We are now we're in like 30 right. minutes in. All let's right. not spoil the so rest. So let's of get the down to Rab- Robert Venditti to Will Pfeiffer. No, no, that we go to two and five. Oh, Jeff Come Lemire on. versus Cameron Stewart. Yep. Chris. Uh, yes. I'm going to let you off. start this off. Uh, I don't know if I'm the right person to start this off because it's Jeff Lemire, and that's Paul's boy. Yeah, but Cameron Stewart is your boy. Is your boy. So do it. I know, but Convince we me. are going with Cameron Stewart being a writer, and your big thing when we were setting up the seed is like, he was more known as ours. He hasn't proven himself yet as a writer. Uh, while Jeff Lemire's kind of been like basking in that writer-artist for what past like three years we've been doing this <laughs> three or four we're not sure it's been a while we know at um, least three but <laughs> what we have here is Cameron Stewart over on Batgirl and we have Jeff Lemire uh, what's he writing over at DC he wrote your Earth 1 Teen Titans Earth 1 Teen Titans which I liked mm-hmm um, he finished up this in this last year. He finished up Green Arrow, um, Green Arrow, um, Justice League United, which Justice Paul League United, which I think is still of. I don't still know if going on. It's still going on, uh, and it fell off the rails because they it feels editorialized. It feels like they had he had to in, put in characters like Lobo and Hawkman, and maybe he hadn't wanted to use them. I don't know. It it doesn't. It feels like Green Arrow feels like the book that Jeff Lemire wanted to write. Mm-hmm. Justice League United was a book that he came in with a lot of great ideas and then was told he can't use any of them. Yeah. And I mean, I, mainly, I really wanted to see what he wanted to do with those stone figures that are <laughs> all over Canada. Yeah, that's and exactly what I wanted. he wasn't able to bring that nope. together at all. Wasn't able to do it. Um, but, uh, no, keep going, Chris. Hello. We might have lost. Sorry, what was that? I was saying, you know, if you if you had any more to keep going with with that, or you were you throwing it over to us? No, it's it's hard because I don't feel like I'm the person to like pick Jeff Lemire okay. and discuss his praise. Well, I then, I was actually looking for pick... for you to talk a little more about Cameron Stewart. Then you can pick Cameron Stewart and just talk up Cameron Stewart and be like, he's my pick, okay. and this is why. And not mention Jeff Lemire at all. Yeah, that's like, what I. You thought. don't need to go on deep. You don't because need to. This, this is this is this is what I was hoping you would do. Is you would talk up Cameron Stewart and how he kind of revolutionized Batgirl oh, okay. in well, a book. Do you, want, do you that, want me to talk about what you wanted me to talk about, or do you want me to talk about it now that I know where you guys are going with it? We have no idea. Whatever you want to talk about with these two characters, okay. if you feel Here. bad that you're right. talking, this this is this is what I wanted. This is no. what I wanted you to do. I no. wanted you to talk about how Cameron Stewart has brought together uh, this book that is something that I read week to week and have really enjoyed, and it's a book that I'd say. Uh, I'd pick Cameron Stewart over Jeff Lemire because as much as I loved Green Arrow, he'd been doing it for the last couple years. He'd gotten a taste of this character. I was glad to see it finish, and I'm going to go with you, Chris, and pick Cameron Stewart for this. (laughs) That's what I wanted you to fucking do. And you were like, I need to to talk. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about Jeff Lemire. 
Uh, I like Hammond Stewart. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for doing this. It was, it was a hard situation to be put in. I didn't know where to go because... <laughs> I got barley wined. <laughs> Narrowly wined. Um, no, I thought Paul would have started this one off because it's Jeff Lemire. And, well, and well, the thing... He, he runs this, that. this year with Jeff Lemire, it's been really tough because I didn't read Green no, Arrow. And, and, and that's... And, I, I gave Justice League Unlimited way too long of a shot because it was Jeff Lemire. <laughs> yeah. But like I just said, it feels like he's introducing characters because he's told he has to introduce the characters. I don't feel like he had quite a grip on them as much as I liked. It had Stargirl in it, and you know, if you put Stargirl in a book, I'm going to pick it up for too much, to for way too long. And if you're a writer that doesn't do it well, I'm going to end up hating you. See Bill Willingham. Uh, for examples of that, and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe this he can re gain you know some confidence with uh, Teen Titans, you know, Earth One Teen Titans. Like here it is, and I just felt like, okay, this is very morning, af- you know, after school special kind of Teen Titans. It was okay. It wasn't great. It just felt. And it didn't feel up to what Earth One has been doing, which is these. Yeah. It felt more. It felt even less than Batman Earth it, One, it and felt, I didn't like Batman Earth. And one. it, fe- it Earth One felt like it was. Eh, just come along and read the story with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't anything saying like. It wasn't. It wasn't anything with those boom characters. or anything yeah. like that. And I mean, he has done a little. It, it really feels like he's done a little more independent work and is now jumping ship and going over to Marvel because he isn't liking what's going on over at DC. And I was hoping that you would talk about that book that we like from Marvel that they're actually doing over at DC with Batgirl. I'm really coming down on you. I just yelled at Paul for the last choice, and now I'm yelling at you (laughs) because I wanted you to talk about how great Cameron Stewart has been over at DC. Okay, and you well, didn't that, do it, and, and now uh, I'm really uh, mad because Chris, Paul and I had to talk about how awful Jeff Lemire is. And I, I didn't was, want that to happen because I love Jeff Lemire, and I'm bringing uh, Descender for Look Back, and I didn't even like it. And I'm making us all read it for Look Back for this fucking month. So talk about how great Cameron Stewart is. Or, or, um, or no, like, I think we've already done that. Let's move on, because no, Cameron Stewart I, has done it. No, no, no Chris might want to defend Earth One. talked about what you wanted me to talk about. <laughs> or maybe he wants to defend Earth One with Jeff Lemire. I don't know. No, and here's the thing. I'm interested, Chris. Tell me all about it. I really like this beer. I can tell. I um, need to stop drinking, because i got to go home. I liked Earth One. Like You can listen to our monthly look back for it. Um I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot more than I did the Batman. Because oh, yeah. Batman, Batman Earth One, written by Jeff Johns. Who didn't Black even make a cut this year? Didn't Sorry, even what? make the, didn't even make our list this year. The only th- I mean, the what the only thing but, he's working on is Justice League. Nothing big's happened. Yeah. Anyway, select Crystal. Yeah. Uh, Teen Titans Earth One had some heart to it. Mm-hmm. Batman did not. So I, I really enjoyed it. Not that this is something that's really coming into play, but I really liked all new Hawkeye number one. I really enjoyed his work over on Green Arrow, and then mm-hmm. it completely like shifted gears and became a different book. At which point, we we didn't read it anymore. Cameron Stewart, 
on Batgirl is a book that I had picked up because it was, hey, here's the new take on Batgirl. Check this out. And there's such heart to it. And this is kind of where DC is shifting their stance on being like, okay, what do we need to deliver? This is the marvelization of DC right now. And I feel everything they're doing after Convergence is kind of hinging on this book. And this is done because this is the most marvely book. Like, everything that we love about Ant-Man, everything that we loved about Ms. Marvel, you get from Batgirl. And that's all coming from Cameron Stewart and his co-writer, Brendan Fletcher, who almost made the list here. Yep. I argued. He's he's our number you, you seven argued, or eight. But I, I want to have someone else added yep. to it. Because I mean, because they're doing the book together, so why would have two two writers doing yeah, the same, same book? book? Well, they're they're, doing they're there and he's he's there in heart. It's like subscript. Yeah, but Brendan Fletcher's doing Gotham Academy, and Cameron Stewart isn't. But he's co-writing. But he's it doing with, it. Yeah, he's with, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's doing a lot of co-writing. He's the James Tinian right now. <laughs> not, not not to or the Jeff Lemire though, because, because Jeff Lemire was co-writing James a lot. Tinian's written. Yeah. But he was he was co writing to bring other people in, like Um And he's the sixth lead because he was known mostly as an artist before this. And now he's getting into the writing aspects of it. But this is such a great book that I I felt like he deserved more than that sixth seed on it because Uh, he got the fifth D. Fifth seed. Okay, is that yep. where he ended up? Ray Fox was the uh, was the lowest seed okay. for DC. Oh, because he went against Sauce. Yep, I see. Um, and he's been in comics for so long, working with amazing writers, doing the artwork. I feel like him writing a book is just kind of like, okay, well, I've seen how script and stories laid out before. I, I know how to do this. Here's my ideas. And not only that, like with being an artist, you are also telling the story in a way. You're bringing yeah. that story to life, so you understand how to tell a story. I think you understand it in a visual way how to do it. And I think you you see a lot of these artists becoming writers because of that ability to say, "I can visualize to be storytellers." Yeah, I can visualize to be a storyteller. And he does such a great job with it that I feel. We're getting that kind of blowback from Marvel now with books like Spider-Gwen that seem to be a little bit based more off of Batgirl than they are that new Marvel-style book. Or even that Spider-Woman number five. Soon-to-be Spider-Woman. Yeah. That looks... Spider-Woman. Oh, I can't wait. That looks exactly like Batgirl. Yeah, they... I'm excited. But... And this is coming from someone that's been around comics for a while. And it shouldn't be a shock that he can do a great book, deliver like an inspiring read. Batgirl's never a book that I bought regularly. It's something that I would pick up if they were doing a crossover between the Bat Family books. And like, you know, part four is in Batgirl. I would buy it to read it and then be like, okay, well, I have to buy Batgirl. I never like continued reading it. And now Batgirl is a book that I will be buying as long as I'm getting this caliber of story. And 
after Convergence, they've already announced we're going to be getting a new Black Canary book that's going to be in the same vein. And that's another book that I will be buying. I just like Black Canary in that book alone just because she was just so chip on her shoulder and everything was going wrong with her. It was awesome. And that's what we will probably be getting from back, uh, Black Canary. So right, I, I mean, on. so that's that's you for Cameron Stewart, Chris. That, that's me for Cameron Stewart. I'm voting for Cameron Stewart. What? I I couldn't tell, John. Paul, I, I also voted for Cameron Stewart just oh, because it was okay. hard for me to go with Jeff Lemire this year. Last yeah. year, I think he had a better year. So uh, I, I think I think he had a better year. Yeah. Not to take away from him this year, though, because yeah. I, I I really enjoyed Earth One. I like all new Hawkeye, even though he's on the DC. Yeah, well, that'll he, be for he, next year. Yeah, he, I figured like because he could have that a came out slump. that came out last week. We decided we were going to do that this week. It was yeah, kind of close, it, but it'll, it'll come I have out to say, next year. him finishing up Green Arrow this year, it was a great, it was a good finish. It's finished mm-hmm. well, and not only that, he had that future end tie-in, which Ugh. which was good. Whoa. And it tied into going, oh, man, I wish this motherfucker was writing this book till the end of time. because, Or to the point mm-hmm. where it is in that future's end. Did you hear about this? Uh, DC announced that the uh, new Batman Beyond book after Convergence, that will be the actual future for the DC universe that they're writing currently. Oh, nice. It's not a possible future. That is whatever the books that are coming out in the DCU currently, that is the future that it will get to in the Batman Beyond. Did you see like with like at, with when future end futures end ends, Marvel's going to be doing like a futures destruction? Like it's, really? it's like it's it's like oh my god they're just so like they're just fucking, identity crisis and identity disc back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it's yeah. just fucking like convergence and battle world. Come on, guys. Well. You know, ideas. It, no, but it, it's ideas. like futures. It's it's even like futures like coming to an end or something. You know, it's something like so close that it's like really you had to put the future in there, <laughs> and it's exact same thing they just did. Talking All about right. character uh, writers that uh, Chris wanted on, you know, pulled for to be on the list. Uh, we have Will Pfeiffer going up versus Robert Vendetti, and Vendetti uh, is someone who I pushed to be on the yes. list. So. Uh, it's between you two. I'm going to throw it to John first because I really want him to talk up about how much he loves Robert Vendetti. Uh, this and is a ro- talk shit about Will Pfeiffer. I, if you don't talk shit about Will Pfeiffer, then I'm going to keep on throwing it back to you until you do. I have nothing. Because I drank negative. the same beer. I have nothing negative to say about Will Pfeiffer. Uh, aside from one of the reasons why he's on the book or on this list, I haven't read. So I can't say anything against him. What I can say is for the last few years, I'd say three years, I have fallen off Green Lantern. The only thing that's made me want to read Green Lantern is what Robert Venditti has been doing on the book. Uh, the God's Head, is that what it's, God's it is? Head. Yep. Uh, has been really good. It's been bringing back what Jeff Johns was doing back before Blackest Night, 
that I was loving, he's kind of bringing all of that together again. The mythos of Green Lantern, or like tying it in, just to the I mean tying in tying PCU. in with all these other characters. I mean, when I mean in previous to Darkest Night, I mean. All, that's when all the rings popped up, and that's mm-hmm. when you fell off, Paul. But I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" Blue lanterns, orange lanterns, red lanterns, uh, bears. Oh, oh my. my! You know why? Colorblind. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> Don't care about the other colors. Can't see them. Can't see them. They all look the same to me. Uh, but what he's been doing with this is kind of bringing all that stuff back together, bringing it almost to a conclusion. And it is to a conclusion because they were they're ending those other books, but it has all worked together. And it's like I don't know who this guy is. And then you see like, oh, actually, yeah, I do know some of his indie work before he got here. But my vote is going to be for Robert Vendetti because of him making me want to read Green Lantern books again. And then going, they're canceling those other books, but I'm kind of want to read those now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're canceling those books, but at the same time, Green Lantern is still going to be around, and they're starting a new Green Lantern book after everything else. Um, and I'm surprised that more people aren't jumping on Vendetti's Green Lantern because it's very much in tone with what Jeff Johns did when he relaunched and like rewrote what was going on. And it's been such a compelling read ever since he came on and did like his own event with Lights Out that I think can stand right up there and then he did God's Head right after that and now what we have with what's happening in Green Lantern with uh, Hell Jordan actually leaving the Green Lantern core and kind of striking out on his own but that's what his point was because the Green Lanterns can be blamed for it all the terrible stuff that's been happening. They're a and shitty police force. They're a shitty police force, but they've been under Hal Jordan's direction for like the past couple of years. And he's like, you know what? I'm the figurehead for all this. Everything that people don't like that we've been doing can be traced back to me. Kick me out. Like, get me out of here. Restore some honor to the core. But... I'm not just going to step down. You got to make it look like you made me run. And it's it's such a Hell Jordan thing to do. It's so good. And it's like, it's him and Kilowog, like, going toe to toe, just like trading blows, being like, you're going to have to hit me harder if you want people to believe this. It was one of those issues that, as I was reading, I was like, wait, I'm at the end? Was this like a special half size issue or something because it it was just getting me to like go from page to page that it, by the time I was done I was like I had to have missed something I did not read this book this fast and it was so great and I feel like Robert Vendetti has been doing a lot of that and I don't know how it's not catching more attention and, and really he had some really big shoes to fill and he was easily able to fill those shoes with after Agreed. with Jeff Johns leaving, and I mean Jeff Johns kind of had a staggering moment because even I like as much as I love Green Lantern as much as I loved what he was doing, 
I was easily able to go. I kind of fell off. I didn't. Well, I didn't get those issues from Chris. I'm okay not making him dig through his piles to give me those issues. But with this, I'm like, I'm there. I'm saying, yep. Keep giving it to me because this is the Green Lantern I want. And this guy, who I thought only Jeff Johns could bring life to Hell Jordan to the core, this guy has been able to do. And, and I, it makes I, me I, it makes me proud to put that. I just moved in with my girlfriend. And I'm like, no, my fucking Hell Jordan statue is going right there, and my lan- my. Green Lantern Lantern bookends, they're going right here. Everyone's going to see that this is a Green Lantern household. Oh, so you're putting the green cellophane up to show that you're <laughs> the city without fear? No, I'm just putting up my statues oh. and my Green Lantern bookends. And that was a good I think moment. For, for kind of in the same respect, where when the Teen Titans relaunched in the new 52, we had Scott Lodell writing it. And he was going very much in that, like, more X-Men. And his other book, Red Hood and the Outlaws, kind of way into the Teen Titans, where it's like, no, it's it's a group of teens. They're edgy. You don't know what they're going to do. Fuck you. We got the Teen Titans, and as a huge Tim Drake fan and Cassie Sandsmark fan, I, I didn't even stay on the book. I was just like, eh, not something I want to read. But then we got Will Pfeiffer relaunching Teen Titans. And instantly I was brought back in because it had that heart that Jeff Johns brought to the title when he started his run back in the early 2000s. It it felt like Teen Titans was back. This was the Teen Titans book that I had wanted to read. But it was still playing in that new 52 sandbox. And this is a writer that I was like, no, I I want Will Pfeiffer like, brought in, because I think he's someone that deserves notice because he's been working in the DC like family of books for so long now, and he's kind of that cleanup writer where they can put him on something, and he will write the hell out of it. It might not be a top-tier book, but it's one of those books that still deserves your attention. It and deserves my attention, but I haven't been reading it. So I'm, if I have to give a vote between But you the haven't two, been reading either of I these know. books. So I, I, I will abstain from this and let you two guys duke it out. Well, my vote is for Robert Venditti. I read the first issue of... Um, the new Teen Titans? Teen Titans, thank you. For some reason I wanted to say Young Justice. Um, That's the one with the bus, right? That's yeah. the one with the bus. Uh, I this read that too. One. Yeah, you read that too, and you read the first issue of oh. God's Head. Oh, which one did I like? Oh, God's Head was the- so wordy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, because because it had new gods in it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I gotta be but, wordy. But Wonder Woman with Brian Azzarello <laughs> had new gods in it. Wasn't that wordy? Um, it was awesome. I I did not enjoy. Teen Titans. Like, I didn't think it was bad, but it didn't capture those characters for me and say, this is it. And I I almost feel like it's 
nowhere near a comparison to the Jeff Johns Teen Titans. And I haven't read I haven't read more than issue one, and it might get better, it might capture those characters better. But to me it's nowhere near that. And I I mean my vote is for Robert Venditti. Okay, Chris, lock in your vote. Well, if I go the other route, Paul, you're gonna have to pick. <laughs> I know, but I at least I read both issues. At least I can okay. I can because base want, it off of those two. If you I'm ready to go in the hot seat here. If you pick Will Pfeiffer, he's probably gonna go Will Pfeiffer because God's head was too wordy. <laughs> I just, I but I I will go Will Pfeiffer, even though these are like both writers that I you look br- forward to reading the next issue of these books, Green Lantern or Teen Titans. The reason the reason Robert Venditti. Is on this list is because of you, Chris. And the reason is, Will Pfeiffer is on here is because of you. The one got the, me to read more. The one did. But not. this is going to be. This should be the tightest of all the talks right now because this is a three versus a four. So this makes sense. And, this makes and sense this is that where it would be tough. It comes back to because I'm a Teen Fighting Teen Titans fan, and I fell off that book, but I'm once again picking it up and I'm reading it and I'm going to continue to read it and i'm glad you i'm glad you are because chris roy not reading a teen titans book is just it's not right yeah i know it was a rough rough couple months after uh <laughs> it was a rough year and a half and here's the thing i'm it's robert venditti on green lantern i'm gonna be reading green lantern no matter who's on it unless it gets terrible right. I, I will continue to read that book <laughs> All right, Paul. So the fact that Teen Titans recaptured my attention make, makes this worth my pick. Yeah, uh, and John is right. I, I have to go with Will Pfeiffer on the Teen Titans book because Godhead, it just slogged. Just the if you can't tell a new God story succinctly, then your writing might be a little lacking. You know, trust in your artist to give you that new godliness. Yeah, while telling a great story, like, the, and if you're writing a new God story, it's it's going to be up its own butt. The only people that care about yeah, new the, gods, the one is thing I have to say is that God's fans. that God's head book needed to set everything in motion. It needed to say, "This is what the new gods are doing. This is what's going on. This is this. This is this." Like it needed to it needed to be that. Trust your fans to know. Well, what, no, who they are and yeah, what yeah, they're but, doing. But you don't need to give me, oh, this is Metron. He's blah blah blah, and they they did that. But again, but and but the only time the new I gods have shown up, and I don't, this is this is no offense, mm-hmm. is in Wonder Woman that most people are not reading. Editor note it and move on. Just tell your story. Yeah, but editor, don't give editor, exposition. Editor note every single page. Editor note something that like. One char- like one character showed up. Like it's not a big thing. But that was what was fun back in when we were kids. I don't want to argue. I don't want to argue about this because I. Let's it's just already we, two hours. Long. Yeah, we got to okay. move on. So, uh, Will Pfeiffer, moving on. Moving I, on. I I do not have a problem with that. Okay. Well, you might have a problem with this matchup: Colin Bunn versus Curtis Weeby. Uh, two I, of your favorites right now. Yeah. I have to say, this is going to be the tough one for you. You guys need to talk because it's, I, it's Curtis Weeby for me because I had a lot more fun reading Rat Queens than I did with Six Gun. Six Gun is good. I enjoyed it. Nothing bad, but uh, the funometer for me 
it went definitely more so for Rat Queens than Six Gun. I can understand that. Just Quantometer. I, I, I will agree with Paul because Made it I, easy. I enjoyed Six Gun a lot, Thank and it's one of those books that I want to continue reading oh, the rest of it. And it gets so it, it, oh, I can imagine it can go off so the rails good. and just crazy. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. And to kind of go back to our previous talk with the Godhead crossover, I enjoyed going back to Cullen Bunn writing Sinestro because we did read Sinestro number one for the look back, but none of us kept up on it. Yeah, that was so over I, a year ago. I went back no, for it was three months to read Sinestro during this crossover, and, and I, I I dug it. Also, writing Magneto, which. We enjoyed the idea of the story, but the art is what took us out yeah. of the book. Well, it, it be- didn't work. Because it was the first part of uh, First Class that we all liked, which was Magneto, Nazi, Nazi hunter. hunter, and this yeah. was Magneto, Mutant Killer Hunter. And Colin Bunn's writing, like, two, he's writing two other books at this time, plus two spinoff books from The Six Gun. So the guy's writing, like, six to eight books right now. And he, he's writing a lot. And not not to take away from it, because with Curtis Weeby, who's writing Rat Queens, he's also doing that Peter Panzerfaust book, which I did not care for. I really and, enjoyed that book. And, that's a and when I found out that this was book? the same no. guy, no. I was like, that's weird, because I really liked Rat Queens. When, when you, you say that to me, I'm like, oh, no wonder I like Rat Queens. Um and, no, I, I know. Like, so I'm glad you guys made it easy for me because I really love Rat Queens. I really like love Six Gun, and I enjoy Colin Bunn's writing. I uh, he even wrote this book called The Tooth, which I really enjoyed. That was before I even read the Six Gun. Colin Bunn, I think, is a really good comic book writer. I think he does a good job with what he's given, and I'm glad that he made it on the list uh, for this. But if I were to pick a writer, I think I would go with Curtis Weeby because as much as I disliked the... Uh, um, oh, man... He did the the spin-off issue. It was like the the second anniversary issue. What are they called? The annual? Annual. He did the annual of Rat Queen about the troll or the the woman troll, the woman. Yeah. That was really bad. See, I don't think it was bad. I think it was just like it's one of those characters that's in the background that you don't care about. No, no, no. And then when did the sex change happen? The whole book is it starts out with the 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 troll or the goblin whatever it is being a woman then it tells its backstory when it's a man and then it's a woman again at the end it Nature didn't finds make a way. fucking sense Nature finds a way John It doesn't make sense it it it's it, it going to be like and that's when I chose to be a woman if they put that line into the book mm-hmm. I would have been like okay that's when he chose to be a woman but they don't do it it doesn't make sense but Rat Queens is fucking awesome. <laughs> Rat, Rat Queens is great. And Did you read the latest latest issue? Yeah. 
<laughs> so good. It's, it's so much fun, and there's so much shit going down. In I know. It. And I don't know. I I can appreciate Colin Bunn because he's a a good writer, like you said. And it he might be suffering from that. Like, no, he's a consistent writer when you read him, and mm-hmm. he he's he's. he's to deliver, but Rat Queens is one of those books that just kind of popped up on our radar, so it has a little bit more pull right now. Colin Bunn is kind of that Will Pfeiffer character. You give him a book, he's going to do a good job on it. And it might not be the book that's going to stand out, Sinestro, Magneto, but they are well-done books. And it was one of those things that we all have a lot of books that we buy and we really enjoy. Sinestro fell off. I enjoyed Sinestro, but I didn't want to spend that three ninety nine a month on it. I have so much other books, and I have a book that I love from Colin Bunn. Magneto, again, different artist. I might have stayed on that book. I would have probably lost my shit when that book led into Rick Remender's A versus X or AX Axis, whatever that bullshit was. And I would have been like, I fucking wasted my money because this is what it was leading to. I fucking hate you. Uh, so I'm glad I didn't do that. But Colin Bunn is a solid writer. He, Whatever genre he's put into, he tackles it and does it well. So you're picking Colin Bunn? No, I'm picking Curtis Weaver. Okay, then let's move on. Uh, back to the top of the list uh, for Marvel. G. Wilson. G. G Willow Wilson. And Karen Gillan, it's almost midnight. We gotta keep it. Get oh my it going god, is it really? Yeah, it's four to two. Yeah. Uh, we've already we talked. Con- pro- we already want to continue this later, so you guys can wrap up. No, no because I mean, let's. Okay. We, we talk pros and cons for yeah, all these we, artists. We've talked through these. We can let's bullet point through these. Okay. Um, I'm going G. Willow Wilson, just a, a book that I'm actually reading versus a book that books that I'm not currently reading. Chris, and what I'm having more fun. With. Chris, what are you going with? I will agree with Paul in where it's a book that I am reading versus one that I'm not really with Nick Spencer. That's not uh, that's not that's like not your pick. It's, it's Kieran Gillian versus G. Willow oh, Wilson. Shit. Yeah, so it might be a little bit more difficult. Go I ahead, have, take your time. Wilson. No, this isn't difficult at all because I'm just going to go for Kieran Gill on that. Okay. Oh, now it makes it difficult for me. Um, Sorry, I had it set up different on my. Okay, that's okay. Um. No, I'm bullet point. Quick, I'm gonna go said. G Willow Wilson. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, it's fine. I okay. I don't hate you. Uh, uh, Nick Spencer versus Brian K Vaughn. Paul. Uh, Nick Spencer because uh, I read Ant Man and I enjoyed Ant Man versus Saga, which I just did not like. Chris. Oh, John, you go. I gotta go, Brian this, K. Vaughn. I can't. This is a hard one for me. It's yeah. it's well. That's why we designed the bracket the way we do. Saga is just this ongoing saga of a story. Oh. It really is. Oh shit! Is that where they got the name? That's where they got the name. He oh. he predicted that this story was gonna be a saga. Um, and I'll have to go BKV too because as much as I'm enjoying Ant Man. If this is a book that I was like, ending now, you got two more issues, Ant-Man, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. I'll buy them. I'll enjoy them. But a Brian K. Vaughn book, I'm going to 
lament and be like, ugh, and, I'm going to think about it for years. And name one of your pets after one of the characters. I understand. And go yep, back and, cool. and reread and just fall in love again with those characters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they announce this next book, I'm just going to be champing at the bit for it. So, yeah, BKV. And talking about falling in love with a writer, uh, Scott Snyder versus Will Pfeiffer. Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. It's it's tough because I yep. like what Will Pfeiffer does, but, man, Scott Snyder, he just he writes that book that after I read it, I go back and I go through it again, and I'm like, oh, God, this is so good. Uh, and that's what Another, made the argument between Robert Vendetti and Will Pfeiffer not, did not matter to me that much because, uh, honestly, it was uh, always going to be a lamb to the slaughter. And then you have another big one of uh, Cameron Stewart, Chris versus Curtis Weeby. It's tough because they they're both writing very different types of books right now. Um, if it came down to it, where I could only buy one of the books, either Batgirl or Rat Queens, I'd probably go Rat Queens just because it's like, as much as I enjoy background and what he's doing over in that book Rat Queens is something so different from what I read week to week so I would go Curtis Weeby I think that's funny that you say that Chris because you are not buying Rat Queens I am and you're reading my copies of it thank you <laughs> you're welcome uh, and I'm so glad that I didn't have to like try to fight to get Curtis Weeby to win because as much as I enjoy Cameron Stewart's Bad Girl Rat Queens is just bringing it, and I like. I almost feel like there's nowhere to go after this second story arc wraps up, but I can't wait to see where it goes. It's cool. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm going to throw my vote to Cameron Stewart just because uh, I think he deserves at least a vote here with uh, revitalizing a character that none of us were reading for the long time. You uh, I on occasion were would pick it up because you know. Gail Simone. Gail Simone was a a, a fan favorite. She was one of our favorites. We enjoyed Mm -hmm. her work. But this is, I mean, this is really interesting with G. Willow Wilson uh, coming down to Brian K. Vaughn. I mean, we've talked about how great both of their books are. I have to vote for Brian K. Vaughn. As much as I like and love Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. it does not compare to everything I want and have have happened in Saga. And much like we said earlier in the podcast, we're going to put all the pressure on Chris. I'm going to vote with G. Willow Wilson, a book that I'm reading and enjoying versus a book that I'm not reading. <laughs> I, I, I feel no pressure, though, Paul. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> because... It's a BKV pick. Yep. So quick and so easy. Because, you know what, if... Same argument. If Miss Marvel ended tomorrow, I'd miss it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I know someone else would pick up the reins of this book, and you'd see her appearing here and there. A lot like you'd get with, like, the Young Avengers or the Runaways-type characters. If they announced Saga's ending, it'd be like... How how are they going to wrap this up? Like, where's it where's it going to go? Like, I'm not going to get any more of it, and that would hurt. It's a book and, destined with a start, a middle, and an end. Where 
Miss Marvel, G. Willow Wilson's end to that book can happen at any moment, but it's not the end of that character where yeah. there is a definite end with Brian K. Vaughn's story. Exactly. So that puts us over on the DC yep. side, which is really funny that it is a DC, DC writer versus an indie writer, and it's a Mar- it was a Marvel writer versus an indie writer. Scott Snyder versus Curtis Weeby. Go! And well, I think Vegas has it. <laughs> this it, it 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 is a really great fantasy book versus the greatest Batman story ever told for the last four years, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's been since the I'd new DC go further back. Like we haven't had a great great Batman arc, let alone run since probably like the Jim Lee. Jeff Loeb hush. Like, that's probably the last standout arc. Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. And, I mean, there's and, been and great... this still is so much better than that. I mean, War Games is another great run. Um, yeah, but well, that was a multitude of writers. That was all the Batman writers. Yeah. M- much like Eternal is now. Yeah. You know. But anyways... Um, but... Uh, you got it. I, I know we're just we're talking supposedly about Scott Snyder versus Curtis Weeby, but I think you guys are really talking Scott Snyder versus Brian K. Vaughn right now. <laughs> it's it's true. Uh, <laughs> you have to give it to you have to give it to Snyder. Okay, and that brings us Snyder versus BKV. Uh, okay, this is what I was expecting but dreading. Guess, guess what? I vote for Scott Snyder. Books that I'm actually that I <laughs> no no I don't no. read you you but take yourself read. out of this okay you are out of this because no. you have not read Scott Snyder you've read Witches number one yep enjoyed it that's it creepy you know did, what did you read number two no yeah so fuck you you're <laughs> out of it did I read Saga number one yeah did I enjoy it no so screw you I do get a vote those are my, that's my picks yeah deal with that it that was like. That was two years ago. Yeah. You're out. It's between Chris and myself. Oh, I don't like... Readers of both books. Go ahead. Pick. Every month, reading. Chris? I I don't even know where to begin with it, though. This is so hard to talk about. These are the two... If anyone is going to stop Scott Snyder's just complete steamrolling over these lists, it's Brian K. Vaughn. And... They're almost the exact same writer, but doing almost a different thing, but telling a great story and how they do it. Um, and if you gave me a choice, and I think it comes down to, Chris, you, there's always going to be another great Batman story. If it's not written by Scott Snyder, it'll be written by somebody else. But there is no one that's going to tell the story of Saga like Brian K. Vaughn. And the emotion and the depth and everything that goes on with those characters and what's going on. And people are being kidnapped. People are then, the kidnappers are going, I've made a huge mistake. Um, And then teaming up the people who were the hunted with the huntee. And the fucking walrus dude who's... (laughs) It's it's a book that as soon as I get to the end of it, I am always upset that there's not one more page, that there's not one more panel. 
and I think I have to throw my vote to Brian K. Vaughn because and, as much as I love those Batman books, I'm always like, oh, hey, another Batman, where I'm like, two more days till the saga. And he, here's where I'm coming at from this. I was talking the other day. I feel bad for who's ever coming on Batman after Scott Snyder leaves because we're not going to be getting the same caliber of story. Yeah, we might no. get more great Batman down the road. I think it's going to be a long time before we see this caliber of Batman. Oh, and I, I ultimately agree. And, yeah, while nobody else could write Saga... Brian K. is going to continue writing Brian K. Vaughn books. Oh my god, what if Brian K. Vaughn took over Batman after oh Scott Snyder? Oh my god. Shut, shut down the bracket now. But I, I'm, I'm going to leave it up to this. Like, If I could only read one writer, not like one of these books or whatever they go on to next. If I could only pick like one of these writers, Frank Avon or Scott Snyder, to like read from here on out, I'd probably have to go Brian Gavon. Just because of the inventiveness that he brings to it. Like I love Scott Snyder, but Brian Gavon just comes in with just such fresh ideas. Completely crazy off the wall. And they somehow deliver. It's it's a tough pick, but it's a pick that I would have to make. So BKV wins overall. And just to... Indie writers, boys. Just to throw it over to Paul. Paul, who would you have picked? Uh, Scott Snyder. Okay. Well, I'm very happy about this. Okay. Because um, I, I... Between the breaks, I told Chris, like, if anyone was going to be able to take down Scott Snyder... It's... It's Brian K. Vaughn. It's the BKV. So does this argument make you want to watch, or not watch, but reread Why the Last Man? No. Okay. I can answer for he, you. You're going he to, wasn't though, even listening so to you. There's that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy but sad at the same time. <laughs> I mean, last year with J- Jason Aaron versus Scott Snyder, it was easy to pick Scott Snyder. It was hard. It was hard to pick Scott Snyder over Brian K. Vaughn. But if you have any ideas or any picks that you would do differently, art, writers that you would have thrown in versus what we put in there, let us know over on our Facebook. Let us know uh, by emailing us. Uh, next week is artists, and we're doing, again, the same thing, Marvel, DC, and indie artists. You have any ideas, throw those out, and we will definitely consider those. Uh, can't say that you're right because you might be like the guy that does Spongebob comics and we're going to be like no he's drawn Spongebob why are you listening to us Uh, so just let us know over at Paul, John or Chris at BagdonBoardCast.com yes or just contact at BagdonBoardCast.com let us know over on the Facebook page find us on Twitter, Instagram Tumblr other things also, let us know where you're listening to us at. We uh, want to know where you're listening. If you're doing it on Stitcher, Face, or uh, iTunes, iTunes—that's a thing still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it's uh, the thing still. Uh, 
So just let us know. We're always interested in that. Find us. Rate. Review. It helps other people find us. If you're enjoying us, let other people enjoy us, too. Uh, and plus, it helps us out just a little bit, and it makes our day. It used to only make Paul's, but then when people started writing in and saying how Paul's wrong all the time, it makes us laugh. <laughs> Thank you all. Uh, and good night. And John wraps it up. <laughs> <laughs>